0: Thanks for tuning in to the Boiler Express Podcast. Join us each week as we dive into all things Purdue sports. You'll hear in-depth analysis of our previous and upcoming games, as well as interviews with players and people involved in the Purdue sports fandom. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and YouTube for our live stream shows as well.
1: What is going on everybody? Welcome back to the Boiler Express Podcast with uh, Quite possibly the best sports weekend in in Purdue athletics history, at least in all, probably all of our lifetimes. Um, Just an incredible, incredible weekend um, that we're going to talk about. We're going to go over a lot today. We're actually doing a two-hour special today. So if you're here, uh, we appreciate you. Um, Buckle in. It's going to be a long ride, but it's going to be a fun one. Um, We're going to talk about, um, we're going to kind of pull it back a little bit. I kind of want to take, walk us through a little bit of a timeline. So we're going to start. You know from uh losing the iowa game uh, we're not going to touch on those things too much because we've touched on them previously but losing to iowa um and then uh, you know the beating northwestern um and then kind of winning out and then um the basketball games and everything as well um so we can kind of talk about our reactions how we felt beforehand um, just kind of really uh get into all of that um, but before we get into anything um and really dive into a lot uh, <laughs> we all just want to send <coughs> our condolences our thoughts and prayers to the o'connell family um as i'm sure a lot of you guys all saw uh aiden uh played miraculously played saturday um with the while grieving the loss of his older brother sean so um aiden to you and your family we're we're thinking of you guys uh we appreciate you so much and um we're thinking of you guys while you're uh (coughs) while you guys grieve that loss this week and and even beyond that so um but as we move on <coughs> into um, these last couple of weeks, um, so to pull it back a little bit, so Iowa, we get steamrolled by Iowa. I mean, potentially, I don't, I really don't remember that game too much, to be honest with you. I kind of try to block it out of my memory. Um, so we it, get it was, it was a steamrolling. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. We get steamrolled by Iowa, and it was so upsetting because that was, you know, that was a game that that w- it was in our hands uh, to to win the West. Um, right then and there, um, as long as you know we we finish out and everything, but we felt like that was a really good chance to do that, and we are all really hopeful for that game. Um, didn't happen. and so it was out of our hands. Uh, we still had to win out, but it's now in the hands of um, Nebraska. We needed to pray to the Husker gods for a miracle. We needed to muster up all the GBR that we could and uh, hope for a miracle. And so but before we got to that, um we had a game against West Virginia and so um you know before we get into any kind of breakdown of that game uh we had a basketball game against West Virginia I should should say um on Thursday night it was the opening round of the PK 85 tournament and um yeah I'd love to hear all of your guys' thoughts you know uh throughout the game and then we'll kind of get a breakdown from Frank so uh Chris you want to start us off with just your thoughts of the game overall the West Virginia
2: um so always going into these tournaments, be it Battle for Atlantis, Maui, anything like that, I'm always really nervous because we shoot really poorly. Like, I've just never seen us perform very well in this type of tournaments. I mean, some sometimes we do, sometimes we don't, but it seems like it leans more towards. So I was a little nervous, and then especially with as big of a tournament, plus the time change, not playing till 10 o'clock at night and all that stuff. But I was really impressed with kind of how we handled it, how we kind of ran that Um ran that game and just kind of managed the moment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's how I felt as well. Um, I like that, you know, even though we had, uh, I think it was, what, 17, 18 turnovers in that game that yeah. was still handled business. Um, and once we got kind of over the, maybe the, I don't know if it's jitters, I don't know if it was a time change or just how West Virginia plays as a, as a team. Uh, as we, we got through that, we got through pretty quickly. And And as we'll see, talking about the rest of the games in the tournament, they start off a little froggy. Uh, and then this team figures it out really quickly, which is a cool thing to see. It's it's not like it's uh, something that happens for it goes on for a while. It's not like it's something that, um, you know, uh, happens for one half and then we adjust at halftime. It's like, you know, Painter, I think Frank maybe said it in the group chat, Painter's making adjustments very quickly. Um, you know, he's, he's improvising to how the teams, uh, how our, our opponents are playing um, very quickly. And that was really cool to see um and i just think overall it was a really good game i think uh we were all expecting a tight one and and we ended up pulling out a 12 point win there at the end so i i was pretty happy after that game what about you russ
3: yeah so um <coughs> know, we, we talked about it and i heard you guys i listened to the last couple of weeks most of it um and joe was talking about west virginia's ability to really jump on you and they pressure you and they play <laughs> press defense and they're their tactic is almost to just foul the crap out of you because they're not going to call everything. And that's what forces a lot of turnovers. You know, that's Elliot was talking about yesterday in the coaches show that West Virginia's box scores. If you look at the other teams, almost every team that plays West Virginia turns the ball over at a higher rate than they do on average, almost every team that plays them. Mm -hmm. So it's almost to be expected, but also like four or five of our turnovers were offensive foul too. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't nearly as bad as what it looked as 18, 18 turnover Mark, but you know, knowing that <laughs> they can jump on you and that we've struggled against the press, especially, you know, look at Marquette. We first play the game, we turn it over against the press. But mm-hmm. we came out and punched them in the mouth and started 11-2, to and that was when I was like, okay, so this team might be able to handle press now. And, of yeah. course, by the end of the but- weekend, we figured out even more so that it's like we've turned that from weakness almost into a police press us because we're going to pass it and pass it and pass it and find the open guy or get Edie for a dunk or a first for a dunk. So mm-hmm. yeah, I was I was very happy. And I'm sure Frank's gonna bring this up because he <coughs> I think he was the first one to bring it up in the chat, but the play of the weekend, maybe that's not gonna be on Sports Center and, and maybe not in many highlights, but that Braden Smith dive to throw the ball into the backcourt. So yes, yeah. yeah. inbounding from under their own basket with one second left. Like that's huge, huge kind of a play. And those those plays were made throughout the weekend. And I think that's something again we'll talk about later on that this team Almost kind of learned from last year, but also knows that its identity is making the little plays, making the high IQ plays, making the hustle plays. Last year it was like, hey, we're super talented. We got the NBA guy. We've got the offensive firepower, and we we tried to rely on that, and it bit us. Mm-hmm. So this year's like team. learned from that, but also <laughs> knows we don't have that NBA guy. We've all got to be solid. We talked about it. <laughs> every every single guy that played this weekend and their minutes they played was was solid.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And um, I know this was – I think this was after the Duke game. But, um, you know, somebody – one of the, the press members asked uh, uh, Fletcher Lawyer if the team was surprised at how well they played this weekend. He was like, no. No. That was his answer. Yeah. No. immediate reaction. No, no. So, um, but yeah, Frank, uh, what did you think about West Virginia? Gosh, I thought it was a great game. And, um, you know, it's
0: funny, but, you know, between the three games that we played uh, that that was the, the closest game score-wise – um, mm-hmm. and, and Russ, just to, uh, to, uh, let you know, um, you know, that, that turnover we had against Marquette in the press is actually the only turnover, um, that we had in that game against the press. So, you know, uh, turnover wise, you've actually done pretty well, uh, this season against the press. We're only 9.5% turnover percentage. And actually in the half court, um, we only, we averaged 14. Um, so we're actually turning the ball over less against the press. Um, and we have a you know decent sample size. Uh, we've been pressed 63 times, so um you know duke pressed us I don't think Gonzaga did but yeah to get back on uh on West Virginia I mean the big thing that sticks out to me in that game is the free throws uh because they did they did foul us a lot and I think Edie kind of showed everyone if if you want to play hackazak I'm gonna get you like he went 10 for 12 right. at the line uh you know as a team we went 24 for 28 um I mean I, I the entire game I was just like man we are hitting our free throws hitting our free throws and and um you know, that game was kind of like an accordion. We jumped out to that quick 11-2 lead, and they kind of inched back. And we kind of, you know, it was like kind of like an inchworm, right? We were getting getting a lead. They'd come back, get a lead, come back. and um, But I think, you know, our ability to continue to add points at the free throw line, not miss front ends of one and ones uh, was the key. Um, also, I mean, another thing that just jumps jumps out to me on the stat sheet is nine assists from Ethan Morton. It's mm. crazy. Nine assists. Zero turnovers, too, in that game. Wow. like that and and uh yeah i i love I, I don't know if you all have listened to ethan morton uh, and his you know post game pressers or his interviews but you can just tell that his basketball iq is through the roof i mean he sounds like a mm-hmm. coach um, I'm, you know i've heard it um, talked about that he is interested in pursuing coaching but he he already sounds like one um but his his basketball iq is through the roof and i know there's uh, they're talking about trying to get him to shoot more and attack more and we did see some of that toward the end but uh, yeah, nine assists for him. And then the free throws I thought were the big thing. And then, yeah, that Braden Smith play. It was odd when it happened because I kind of thought like, what are you doing? And then I'm like, oh, that was actually really smart. Because yeah. I think most people, their reaction would be to tip it over their back. Right. And then you don't know if you have a guy spotted up for three who's wide open. You don't know what's going on behind you. So let's make the smart play. Let's get it to the other end of the court. Mm-hmm. Make yeah. him inbound it with only one second. So
1: I loved uh Fletcher diving for it still, even though he probably knew yeah. that he wasn't gonna get the ball. Yeah. He just still was like, uh oh, like just still reaching out for it. So uh I loved that. But um yeah. but I, I um
0: I know Russ, you said you you listened to the uh the Bloom show last night since Coach Banner wasn't able to make it, but um he said his message to the team before every game is uh, something to the effect of don't let anyone who watch the game think that you didn't play as hard as you could, yep. and uh, you know win wow. or lose, leave it all on the court. And I think we're seeing that from this team. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, 100%. guys are diving on the floor. I mean, we're 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 poking balls away in garbage time. You know, up twenty, yeah. we did that. We did that against Gonzaga. I mean, with ten seconds left, Ethan Morton stole the ball, took it down. Like it just, you're we're we're not giving up. Um, but I love it, to see that. It feels
3: like this team is making seventy five percent of the 50-50 plays yes mm-hmm. that's what it feels like like every play that you think that we might get it we're getting it
1: i really like how you worded that 75 percent of the 50 50 plays it um, seems like too that like
2: this team embraces what's on the butt of their practice shorts
1: and play hard
2: right like i don't doubt anybody's effort from the walk-ons to zach Eady. like everybody just seems like it's a hundred percent every time
0: yeah no i completely agree and um, one more thing about West Virginia. I thought it was odd that they didn't double Edie. Um, you know, Gonzaga <coughs> did and they didn't. Duke did and they didn't. Uh, but um, I don't believe they doubled Edie one time. So, you know, mm-hmm. again, he goes 10 for 12 of the line, shoots 12 free throws. I don't know if they went into it with the mentality of he's going to get his points. So let's try to shut him down from three, um, which is a, you know, semi-viable strategy, uh, considering we've kind of gone cold from three at times. But just another interesting tidbit there is. He kind of showed what happens
1: if you're going to double him. Yeah, yeah, and I. Uh, so um, honestly, after the game, uh, well, during the game, uh, uh, there was a player on West Virginia's team that a lot of people, as the game progressed, were not enjoying very well. Uh, Erickson. I can't remember what his first name is, but Erickson.
0: Eric, Eric Stevenson.
1: <laughs> Eric Stevenson. Okay, I just combined those two names. Um, so Eric Stevenson. You know, in. Uh, to be honest, I think I had like gone to the bathroom or something on the play where he had basically hip checked Braden Smith into the the scores table, because I come back and um, somebody said something about like um, I can't remember what it was, but basically yeah, I, I take back what I said. Um, he doesn't remind me of like Aaron Kraft or Braden Smith. He reminds me of like Brad Davison. So uh, I was glad to see. Uh, us pull out the win, and uh, it's always good to know that like those plays happen because you're getting under those guys' skin and they're like mad about it. So it, it's just awesome to see. And I, and I love how our team responds to that and um you know, they handle it, they handle it well. So, um so yeah. So uh, back to the timeline. So that was Thursday. We beat can West I, Virginia. Just, oh yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead.
3: I just want to say one thing too. I know we just started this this year, but as, the season goes on, and Ethan Morton just progresses and becomes more and more that efficient player. Frank was a day one, y'all. <laughs> Frank was on him from the moment we recruited him. Was like, this is a smart guy. He's the best passer that Painters ever recruited. Like, he was he was on him. So we ain't we aren't new to the Ethan Morton talk.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm yeah, just that's happy like, uh... the rest of the world seeing it now. You know, I, Frank, do you do you uh, operate that account? Uh, what's it called? Ethan Morton, Truther, or something? I don't know, but I <laughs> but I do follow it um, very closely.
0: Um, yeah. You know, he he he's never going to be a volume guy. He's never going to be a guy that's going to go out and get you twenty. Uh, could he? Maybe. Um, but I'm you know to see him get nine assists in a
1: game and zero turnovers, like I'll take that
0: every day i feel like he's
1: going to be kind of like rafael davis in the fact like he has that ability to score um but he but he's making those plays he's doing the big iq stuff and then maybe every now and then he'll sprinkle in like a 20 point game or you know i i could see that potentially um yeah so hopping back on the timeline um so we beat uh northwestern football that previous saturday um where we beat west virginia in basketball on thursday and Friday night, <clears throat> big game coming up, and we're not even playing in it. It's uh, Iowa versus Nebraska, and we are all Husker Nation that day. We're all GBR and 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 whatever else they say down in Nebraska. Um, and uh, I was really—I think we were all—we all felt like there was a hope, glimmer of hope in that game. Not just because you know we've we've seen how Iowa struggles offensively, but they were picking it up towards the end of the year. Um, but Laporta was out there, their big tight end, their big target. He was out of the game. And I think that was a huge, huge thing, um, that may be factored into it, but, uh, I can't remember who it was. I think it might've been, uh, our our other friend, Nick, that's in a a group chat with us that said, uh, it was like 24, nothing. He was like, Oh, it's in the bag guys. It's like third quarter, like eight minutes left. He's like, it's in the bag. We got it. And we were like, shut your mouth. You shut your
3: mouth right now. That was his phrase for the weekend too. Like every game, what's in the bag?
1: It's a, yeah yeah like yeah, stop maybe, it maybe we need to be more like Nick he just knew from the from the beginning yeah by the way I put a I had a three game parlay I had the US beating England um Iowa beating or Nebraska beating Iowa and Purdue beating IU or no uh Purdue beating Gonzaga and if all three of those would have hit I it would have had like a $10 parlay won like 1300 so I'm, I'm salty about the US not winning but um <laughs> But yeah, so um, so that game's going on. How how are you guys feeling during the game, especially in the third and fourth quarter when they started to like climb back a little bit? I was I was panicking. I I saw I wasn't able to watch a lot just because I was putting my daughter to bed when that game was kind of getting towards the end. But I checked my phone and it was like twenty four seventeen with a few minutes left to go in the game. I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no. <laughs> well, so I was. Um... Yeah, I was actually um, in, in
0: Asheville for Thanksgiving and I was actually on a uh, candlelight tour of uh, the Biltmore at that time uh, where the oh, service no. service was cutting in and out. Um, but uh, thankfully, my uh, my father-in-law was sending me updates and he's like, it looks like Nebraska's got it or uh, got it wrapped up. And then five <laughs> minutes later, it's like, well, Iowa scored 10 points in 63 seconds. And I was like, oh, yeah. great. Here we go. Um so uh, so honestly, I don't know what happened. Uh, you know, he he watched the entire thing and said it was a great game. Um, but I, I what I ultimately cared about was the, uh, you know, the the end result. Yeah. What about and then you, I Russ, immediately or... became terrified, knowing that IU, you know, not making making a bowl game, that this was their <laughs> bowl game now.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. What about you, Russ? How are you feeling during the end of that Nebraska Iowa game?
3: Well, um, it's well documented again in our our group chat that I feel like I've been a curse to a lot of Purdue sports (laughs) in that uh, when something's going our way and I flip the game on, it immediately starts landsliding the other direction. So that's, that's where I was at. Cause I'm like, Oh, I thought the game started at seven and I had a rough weekend. I worked maybe 36 hours between Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right after Thanksgiving. And so I didn't catch all of all the games live and Mm -hmm. I thought the Nebraska Iowa game was at seven. So I get done about six 30 and I realize. Oh, it's 24 to seven or 24, nothing at that point. Awesome. <laughs> and I flip it on and I'm like, this is bad. I just, this. <laughs> here we go. Uh, but um, I thought the funniest part of that game was that apparently Nebraska's defense is so bad this year that even their best cornerback can drop cornerback defensive back can drop three interceptions that were right on his numbers, but somehow he's the best guy on their defense. That, that, that was here or there, <laughs> but yeah.
1: Yeah. What about you, Chris?
2: It was uh, it was nerve wracking um, yeah. because like when they got up twenty four nothing, I'm like, I'm not falling for the trap. I'm not gonna do it. Like, I just knew, you know, I've been a Purdue fan enough that I know if we need help from somebody, they're gonna screw it up. And mm. and then they started to come back. I'm like, it is. it's gonna suck. And yeah, I, it was one of those that I was not getting hyped to play for a Big Ten West Championship until. I saw three zeros. Yeah. And I just, and I don't know if you, so like, I think the common thought in the group chat is I'm pretty optimistic. Mm-hmm. And like, I noticed probably through the IU game that I was really quiet about being optimistic. Cause I didn't want to, didn't want to uh, test the beast, so to speak.
1: Yeah. I was like, Chris, uh, No, it was during the Iowa Nebraska game. Yeah. Uh, I was just like, Oh my God, we're up 24, ten- 24, nuth- or they're up 24 nothing. You're like, yep. I was like, Chris, you are been <laughs> kind of quiet there. You, uh, you feeling okay? Is your heart about to rip out of your beat yeah, out of your chest? Just,
2: I am not testing the waters. I was not. I have, you know, but I did. I do want to say that I met a guy about my soul Wednesday, so I'm glad it's working out.
1: Yeah, with uh, it was, was it awesome. kind of hot where you guys met? Do what was it a little, a little hot, hot where you guys met? It was, it was a
2: little, little steamy. I thought it might have been from like cooking the turkey, but I don't know. Whatever, we'll yeah. find out.
0: Yeah, so this wasn't some darkened street corner, then were you?
2: No, there was <laughs> a lot of lights. That's for sure. Okay, Gotcha. <laughs> um, so, there was like pitchforks and stuff. I don't know what was going on.
1: Huh? It must have. Maybe you were in Amish country or something. Yeah, that's what uh, it was. Yeah, there's hay. Uh, but uh, yeah. So so Iowa loses to Nebraska. So the gate has been flung wide open for Purdue. Purdue con- Once again, Purdue controls their destiny. It's in their hand like a like a little baby. It's, it's theirs to take. Um, and, uh, you know, I love Brom in the, in the post-game presser of the IU game was saying, you know, he was very quick to acknowledge. He's like, I, I know we did not get here on our own. We we needed help. Cut um, some breaks. The, yeah, the, yeah. Cards, the cards fell our way. Um, and, oh, my God, what a – I mean, I think we were all – we were all probably sick to our stomachs that whole Saturday. All
2: day Saturday. I worked from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., and I had a knot in my stomach at 6.05
1: yeah just yeah um and the you know the funny thing is is like it was like heart versus logic that whole day because logically on paper statistically we should easily beat iu and we ended up doing that but our heart says this game is on this game means everything not only do we keep the bucket not only is it a rivalry game not only does iu not have a single thing to play for in this except to take away all of our joy and happiness but it's for the Big 10 championship it's for the Big 10 West uh well it's to play in the Big 10 championship i should say and so i think all of our hearts were telling us like oh my god oh my god oh my god and then the game <laughs> starts and we get a field goal we had a uh, pretty decent drive um uh we had a pretty decent drive and then um got a field goal and then iu first play just takes it to the house just takes it to the house um and so uh, I don't know about you guys, but that, for some reason, that touchdown made it feel like it was 14 to set or 14 to three and not, uh, not, uh, seven to three. And then, um, and so, uh, yeah, I was worried, um, you know, because going into that, I was like, oh, they're, they're a quarterback. He can't pass it that well. It's probably, it's going to be fine. We can game plan for that. And then they're all running, off uh everything um so you know they were running like crazy um so honestly for me i don't i, I never want an injury to happen but it was a relief to me when that basilic whatever the connor whatever his name is had to come in because you know he couldn't run he couldn't run i'm not saying that i'm glad he got injured i'm saying that i'm glad that the that connor guy had to come in because we were clearly at that point struggling. I mean, we could have potentially stopped. We could have potentially, you know, changed some things around on defense. But at that point, you know, they were kind of running the ball at will, and they still continued to do that with just the running backs. So, um, you know, first half reactions. How how were you guys feeling the first half of that IU game?
0: I was terrified. <coughs> yeah, I had, you know, seven three at halftime. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I was I was not feeling good. Um, you know, I I will be honest the. Uh, you know the the Allen uh, hype up before the game got me you know, oh, super hyped. Gosh. I was just Man. ready to go. You know for that, and then I was ready to go to know, a
2: funeral. God, that was terrible.
0: What was it like? It, uh, like a relentless. You know, just, just like <laughs> weird. where is like, she? I just, I was Did a why yeah.
4: oh. fear, Ugh.
0: and he said, "Earn the right Energy. to take back the bucket." Yeah. <laughs> Today we are going to earn the right to like that. It's just a weird phrasing. Like that it's did that honest. did
1: not hype me up. That just and made it, me concerned. Dude,
2: did you see their players walking out? They're like, Pff.
1: yeah, yeah. It it would have been fine too, but they had not only did they they pan over to the players and they're all just like, all right, guys, let's <laughs> let's go. They're looking at each other um, like. We so not only about to
3: take coach Allen's notes before his pregame speech, what did you do that for?
1: <laughs> so not only did that happen, they panned over, but then you see like that they have like the noise meter in the locker room. They have it like, you know, going back and forth and it's it's in it's in uh red or green like the whole time. It's in green. It doesn't it never it never even crosses over into the red area of like, "Oh my gosh, it's so loud and, and raucous yeah. in here." They they were like, "Okay, coach, um let's let's go do the thing." Uh, but yeah, so at that point, um was I wasn't feeling great. Uh was I'll pretty say, nervous about everything.
2: I'll say after the first half, um I wasn't great about the offense, but I was really happy with the defense because they might have given up a bunch of yards, but it was one seventy one yard play, and that's what their lead was. So I wasn't really like the offense, Brahms' an offensive guy, I knew going into halftime, they would figure it out. They already had tape cut up. Of what they were going to do to do in the second half, and they were going to figure it out. So I was, I was, nervously optimistic, if that's a
1: way to put it. All of the, I think for me, what it was was like, like you're right. They only gave up that one big play there in the first half, but it was the the third and ones, the third and twos that were con- being just like consecutively yeah. over and over um converted on. And then they were I mean they were what worse in the Big 10 in completing and converting on fourth downs and then they complete they convert two fourth downs in a row on us on defense. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that was kind of a smack in the mouth. Um but yeah, it was really good to see them come out in the second half and just I mean Devin Mockaby, what a guy. Yeah. What a guy. Um, just just a a grinder,
0: you know. Uh Yeah. Whether we're throwing it to him, whether he's running it, I mean, just the hundred yards is like is like what you expect out of him now. Mm-hmm. It's just it's, it's crazy. Uh, he
3: couldn't get I, one more yard. He couldn't get one more yard. Couldn't get right. one more yard. Yeah, <laughs>
0: but uh, I I think a thousand yards on this. He's at eight hundred forty nine yards on the ground this season. Mm-hmm. I think a thousand yards on this season is possible attainable. Possible. Uh, well, you Michigan know you know another one of the goal. Best run defense teams in the
3: country. You know. Um, another goal he can reach, they actually showed it, I think it was maybe during the Illinois game, um, that he was coming up on the Purdue freshman rushing record. Yeah. And he's 26 yards away, and y'all know who's got that record.
0: Our our buddy.
3: Friend of the our show, Markel, Markel Jones. Jones. Our buddy hill Jones. <laughs> yep. Yeah, at 875. Yeah. So he needs just 27 yards to pass him up and get the freshman oh, rushing record. Man, I hope
1: Markel's so. at the game then, Saturday. Um, that'd be cool. Kind of have that moment. Yeah, yeah. Of- kind of passing the torch there. Um but I, I think I'd
0: be remiss to not not mention the play that Jalen Graham and Corey Trice made there at the end. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was crazy. This unbelievable. is unbelievable. Yeah. And like in so in real time it looked like it was a completed pass and he just ripped it out of his mm-hmm. hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the slow-mo it was it was a much more impressive play than that. Like he caught it with between his his hand and his thigh. Yeah, um, and then just took it to the house. And again, you know that was uh, you know, similar to what we said about basketball. That was when we had the game wrapped up. Like, so he's yeah. still yeah. going. He's still you know playing as hard as he can in that scenario. So,
2: and that um, was coming off of an, a sack that almost turned into a safety.
0: Yeah, that, yeah. that so, in, from my opinion, it looked like a safety, but I, yeah. I I wholeheartedly
3: would think it was. But I'll take some. Yeah. It's uh, yeah it's, for sure. It reminded me of the play at the end of the FAU game. Uh, where it seems like some refs at the end of the game on those uh, forward momentum plays, they tend to let it go a little longer late in the game just to see you and give guys a chance to break free or maybe push the pile. And in FAU, it ended in a fumble. And in this one, it ended in a fumble as well. But like you said, Frank, in real time, it looked like they were just kind of completing it and then letting it go and letting it go. But then they showed the replay, and no, that ball was loose. And they were fighting for it, and they weren't going to give up. So yeah, that was a huge play.
0: Huge yeah, play. Yeah, they were kind of batting it, you know, in between the two of them. But yeah, I think it was Graham. Was it Graham who knocked it out?
2: I think so. Yeah, because I think yeah, so. yeah. I think yeah, he yeah
0: Graham got him from behind. behind. Punch yeah, it. That was just that was just such an impressive play. Graham. Got luckily,
3: him him. <laughs> luckily uh, Graham didn't run it in because um, he probably would have high stepped again, and then we'd have another yeah big, yeah, issue,
0: yeah. So. couldn't <laughs> couldn't have two two high steps in uh, yeah. in the same season.
1: Yeah, that but he had good. he
3: could have two high steps in the same run back though sorry. Yeah. <laughs>
1: just. um. Yeah. yeah. But no, that game, I mean, we, we ended up winning. Uh, we won, what was it? 30 to 16. They ended up getting a touchdown there as, as regulation uh, ended. Yeah. And just the, I remember I called my grandpa right afterwards because uh, like I've said on here before, and I told you guys, my grandpa's the whole reason I got into Purdue. And so uh, called him, he was up still. And he was, I've, I mean, my grandpa's a pretty even kill guy very like laid back he was hooting and hollering and he was <laughs> so pumped and that was just awesome to see and, and to hear uh, i guess i mean um and just a, a really cool thing it was like vindication like finally like something like the dominoes fell our way the things yes. that needed to happen happened and we can enjoy this and like for all of you guys on on on, uh, I don't. I, I'm not uh, one to call anybody out, so I'm not going to call anybody out specifically. But just like for everybody on social media saying like the Big Ten West sucks, the Big Ten West is crap, Purdue's in it, blah blah. I don't care. Like, there's nothing that you could do or say to take away the fact that the Purdue Boilermakers are playing Michigan in the Big Ten Championship game on December third at 8 p.m. in Indianapolis. You can't take that away from no matter what our record is, no matter what our stats are, no matter who else is here or who else is in the Big Ten that you think should be in here. They're not. It's us. It's yeah. there are The cards have fallen our way for the first time in 22 years and for the first time since we've had the divisions. And it's awesome. And I don't care if we get blown out by four touchdowns. I don't care if it's 42-3. to three. I'm going to enjoy Saturday. I'm going to love every second of that. I'm going to just bask in this time that I because I don't really remember the 2000 season I don't really remember um because I was maybe six or uh seven at that time so I I really don't recall it all that much um because I believe it was the guy in
2: the room remembers it it was (laughs)
1: the year well the year after that is when I started to go to the games with my grandpa um and everything and so um I, yeah, this is all super exciting for me. I I know it is for everybody, but just the – man, it's just so vindicating to, like, get over that hurdle and to also have another eight-win season. Uh, just incredible stuff that Jeff Brown is doing.
3: Yeah, so uh, I texted you guys as well that I called my dad right after the game because uh, I was fortunate enough to be at the 2000 Rose Bowl with mm-hmm. my family, and that was actually – pretty much our last family vacation that I remember, Uh, as far as growing up as a kid, our, um, our whole family went, my brother, my mom, dad, and I, and, you know, 22 years later, you know, my mom's passed, my parents, you know, had him getting a divorce. Um, there's been some other family drama. My grandmother that got us into produce sports with free tickets that got us those sweatshirts and that picture I sent you when we were little, you know, four or five year old kids. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, you know there's just been so much change in the family and I called my dad and it was like emotional because it's like hey we're going to Indy, baby yeah <laughs> so yeah it was it was definitely definitely an emotional moment and uh nothing can be taken away from that you know nothing six and three you know eight and four that's nothing nothing Fourth, to hang your best head record about.
1: in the big ten yeah.
3: yeah 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 had Penn State on the ropes should have beat Syracuse I mean you have those other things but we're not we're not a bad ball club at all we've made oh. some mistakes we've had some lapses but we deserve to be here 100 percent
1: Absolutely. And thank you to the college football player for leaving us unranked as we take on number two, Michigan, yeah. um, as as Purdue is far and above and beyond the best at beating number two teams when they're unranked as at their they're sitting at nine right now. I think it'd be a great time to to push that out to 10. Uh, I think like the second closest to that is like four or five or maybe six. Yeah. But I mean, we yeah, kept so- Ohio State out of the playoffs,
0: so you can do it again. Just
3: some facts right. I wrote down since you started going there. Purdue's won its last three games against the top five opponent. Uh, Brahms undefeated against top five opponents. Uh, no one has more wins against the top five school when unranked. We've done it 17 times. Um, it's setting up, like you said, spoiler makers. We're unranked, number two team in the country. Like It's probably going to take a perfect game, but we've done it before, baby. Let's go. Well,
0: I Could saw an you? interesting uh, statistic uh, showing that Uh, this is only the um this is the 11th time in history where an unranked team has played in a ranked team in a conference championship and in those games the unranked teams are five and five let's
1: go yeah
3: Hmm.
1: could you imagine though if this was like and and i'm just i'm going into my fantasy world here but could you imagine if this was like uh the tyler trent game where we win like 49 20. Uh. Could you?
3: Could you imagine? I mean, we've we've got the emotional storyline. It's not the same, but yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely, you know. yeah. Just and and
3: what better player for this program to lead us than a walk-on, formerly eighth-string quarterback going through some family turmoil? What better storyline or player to lead us into this game? Yeah, like, absolutely. I mean, let's go. So
0: I
1: mean, IU has a movie. Notre Dame has a movie. That
3: could we
0: need be the two Purdue movies, movie right there. We yeah. need two
1: movies. We need a Tyler Trent movie, and then we need uh, the the 2022 Purdue football season as just a movie as a whole. Yeah, maybe just about like Coach Brom's tenure here or something. But and yeah,
3: and the Painter yeah. movie is coming, y'all. Yeah,
1: I like that. Well, I like that a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and I, I will. And I. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say when it, when I think back on the season as a whole, the. The one thing I think of as kind of a recurring theme are the unsportsmanlike penalties, and that reminded me of uh, did you did you see Brom like after that Trice uh, pick six, like he's sitting there and he's like get off the field, get off the field, get off the field. <laughs> yeah. it. Loved
3: it, loved it. Yeah, oh, that's so funny. You're I gonna fire say... me up again, Frank. You're gonna fire me up again.
2: I will say this, and I I brought it up in our group chat today. I think the unsung hero that needs a raise from this entire program is Mike Bobinski. Always. Um, we We're currently have an excellent football team an excellent basketball team, a good volleyball team and women's basketball is on the way up. So, um, he has done a phenomenal job with the program.
1: Yeah. What a time, what, uh, what a time to, to just be a part of the Purdue athletics, just story, um, just as a player, as a fan, just as a coach, just an incredible time to, to be around okay. the Purdue culture. Um, so before we get into um, surprise, surprise everybody, we are going to do a draft tonight. I, we don't do these; uh, they they don't happen very often. Um, that was a joke if you're if you're not um, a regular on here. But um, before we get to that fun thing, uh, it's going to be a football draft tonight. So different than anything we've done yet before. Um, but before we get to that, um, we have what did I have here? Where a couple more it? basketball games go.
3: to talk about. <laughs>
1: Uh, no, it wasn't that, uh, oh, man. What was it? Um, dude, where is it? Uh, you know what? I guess we'll just go into the, no, I have it here. where Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, at the beginning of the year, we talked about like our biggest, um, you know, uh, our MVPs of the season. Um, and, um, so I'd like to know, uh, and, you know, I, I know we probably didn't, nobody probably looked back at that video. Um, because nobody knew that I was going to ask this question. So um, who do you guys think is like the MVP of uh, of this football team the, this year? If you could just pick one, just one MVP.
2: Kevin Mockaby, a thousand percent.
1: I would say that too. I think he really opened up our offense when Aiden yeah. was struggling for, for one reason or another, um, whether it was in, coming back from an injury or just going through some personal stuff um i think he really gave our offense a lot of life and juice
3: um i would say and i know these are supposed to be individual questions but i'm going to just say the defense you know I, yeah. I it's just it's it seemed like so many times this year especially with the way that we had to grind out every single game like yeah. every at least every w we had to grind out every game and when was the last time i mean since Holt that we had a defense that could grind it out like that. And it wasn't, you know, one guy. I mean, Trice had his big plays, you know, came out and had lapses, but he made his big plays. Sunusi Kane, you know, he brought he brought the heat. He brought the thunder. You know, um, Kadrian Jenkins, huge for an underclassman, the the contributions he had. So mm-hmm. it, you know, it was and there's three or four more guys we could name. And so I don't think it's fair to even give, tries. you know, I, <laughs> did, I, did I say Corey Trice? Sorry. Um, I, I missed uh Frank's best friend. Sorry. Uh but uh yeah, no, there's it's so many so many different moments in this season different guys stepped up to make a play and that's why i think it's fitting and it's it should be a movie this year that we get to the big 10 championship because it wasn't it wasn't around one guy you know that's just me
1: yeah i i I totally agree um you know it's funny i'd like to hear your opinion on this and then we'll get into the to the draft, um, but a lot of people. It's interesting to me that you call for the defense to be our MVPs. Not that I disagree with you, but a lot of people have been calling for a coaching change on the defensive side of things, or they haven't been very thrilled with our defensive performance as a whole. So that's that's really interesting to me that uh, that you that you chose well, the.
3: So I'll get back into my <clears throat> rant that I had prepared a couple weeks ago, um, post Northwestern. <laughs> So I was listening to the post-game show, and (laughs) somebody called in talking about, of course, the Jalen Graham high-stepping pick six. And he sounded like that crusty old negative Purdue fan. He could be listening right now. I hope he is. At (laughs) me. Come on. It's right there on the screen. But Uh, he was just had that attitude of... I feel like every week there's some defender just going off the rails and these kids are out of control and just, it almost like he was going to say they're being thugs and they need to be thrown off the team. And it's like, do you, have you played football? Have you yeah. played a sport like that? Like I didn't play football. I played soccer, but I was a defender. And when you're a defender in games that are always that close and they're always back and forth and it's always like one play could, could bust the game open and you're trying all game to like set up your lineman to get that sack, or you're trying all game to set up that quarterback to throw that pass (laughs) and get that pick. And then you make that play. It's human reaction to show a little happiness and celebration. And people celebrate all the time, every play. And like Brom kept saying, yeah, you can say the letter of the law was this is a penalty, but way more does not get called way worse than what gets called on us has not been called. And that's the fact, that's a fact. I mean, it, you know, I know everybody complains about the refs, but you watch the tape of that Jalen Graham pick six return. You watch the, the replay of the Payne-Durham Unsports-like in Syracuse when he's walking back towards our huddle and the Syracuse guy gets in his way. But it's a penalty right. on this. So it's to, to say that, it's, that's ridiculous. Because every time they do an interview on the coach show every week, every time some guys get interviewed during the week in practice, they're talking about how much they care about their team, how much they care about each other. We talk about how great guys they are. We talk about how cool their backstories are. So then you're going to sit there and trash them when they make a, you know, emotional reaction and get called for it, like,
1: right? Damn. Yeah. But, um, yeah, awesome. So we can uh, we'll go ahead and move into the the draft, the football draft, and don't worry, Russ, I haven't forgot about Gonzaga. Uh, if you were paying <laughs> attention, I'm following a timeline, and we haven't gotten to Gonzaga yet. <laughs> we just wrapped up with the IU game. Sorry, I heard hours- timeline. I mean. To me, There's timelines few,
3: like order of events.
2: Yeah, but I'll that, I'll that say this wasn't right order. wasn't Gonzaga <laughs> Friday night into Saturday.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. But that's, yeah. that's Oh, okay. it wasn't. We it? It. I thought it was yeah. Saturday.
0: No, no, no. Just, oh, my bad, we're, guys. We're, we're going with the flow. Uh, so we're going quick, with the flow. Quick shout out to my MVP Spencer Holstage, guys. Legit, he's played 491 snaps, only allowed seven pressures. The AOC milkman is not making. AOC's not making man. passes uh, without that guy up front. So, yeah. The only guy to play more snaps than him is Hartwig
1: at five hundred and three. So zero nice. sacks. Crazy. Continue, Dang. Damon. Um well now I feel like we should go through uh Genzee. We'll just go ahead, we'll wrap up football. We'll just close yeah. that door for now. Yep. Um so uh Russ, break down this this draft for us.
3: Do we um before we go to the draft, do we want to talk about Michigan and just what it might take if we're gonna wrap up football with the draft?
1: Yeah, yeah let's let's
0: Let's run through that really quick. So, yeah, um, Michigan is is like great on both sides of the ball. <laughs> Are um, they really? I've yeah. never thought <laughs> they're the number five offense. You know, number two defense, depending on how you you know how you rate offense and defense. But uh, yard uh, points per game, they're averaging almost forty points per game. Uh, they're only allowing twelve point seven points per game. Um, so they, there's not a whole lot of gaps in there. Um, they don't like to throw the ball a lot. Uh, they're running it in 60% of plays. And when you have a Heisman candidate in Blake Corum, uh, totally makes sense, uh, why someone would do that. So, um, yeah, it, it's, I, I really think the heat of this game is going to be stopping the run. Uh, how, however you do that. I mean, the guy's averaging five, almost six yards per carry 5.9 yards per carry. Um, three and a half of those yards are coming after contact. So even when you get him wrapped up, he's making, uh, making guys miss and still, still pushing it forward. Um, in looking at this team uh, under a pretty close lens, the only area where they're good and good in contrast to great is their offensive line. Um, that being said, they're not throwing the ball very much, uh, so pass protection is few and far between. But um, if we can find a way to limit quorum and get pressure on the quarterback, we stand a chance. I don't know how strong that chance is, but kind of like you said, Damon, just just to be here, you know, is surreal. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure the players may not agree, but, uh, you know, just, just to be in this scenario is 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 su- such a great honor. And it's so far, you know, we've come so far in such a short period of time. So uh, win or lose, uh, this has been one heck of a season. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be excited and watching the entire game for sure.
1: Yeah. And, you know, to your point about the players, you know, not being surprised by it, I, I agree with that. Uh, or maybe not being surprised by it. I agree with that, too. I think it was after maybe the third game after we had lost to... Uh, Syracuse and I think Russ was watching the uh, either a, a a player interview or a presser or a call-in, but they were talking about how they were they're still they were still Indianapolis was on their minds like that was the goal there was not there was no waiver in that what no matter the, what the record was um, that was still the goal and something that they saw is very attainable so um, and I love that I think we've all loved that from this whole year is that these guys um, knew that they could do it and they grinded through <laughs> some their ups and downs and they've stuck through they've stuck through lots of injuries um gosh it felt like it, it just feels like every year we get bit by that injury bug um that's just something that we always have to overcome um and and so they they've done that they've overcome adversity um just lots of you know different things the and and even you know the team not being all that we thought it was going to be this year and like some players you know having to be dismissed from the team or you know, or, or uh, people taking leave from the team um, due to mental health reasons that were big players on the field. So, um, you know, fighting through all of that. Um, you know, just a just a shout out to this team's grit. Like again, I like we've all said, I don't, I don't give to – Nobody can take this away from from this football team, and <laughs> and that's all that matters to me. I don't care what any, I don't care that what trophy anybody has will to say. always be in that trophy case. Absolutely, yeah, and these guys have earned it. Yep.
2: I think uh, I think the big thing for me is I want to see our defensive line kind of wreak havoc. And I would almost get to the point where I see, I could see leaving Corey Trice one-on-one more to stick somebody in the box and maybe doubling whoever's on Reese Taylor or Jamari Brown's side mm. um, just to give them some help. I think Corey Trice can line up against these receivers for Michigan and fight. Um, he's got the length, he's got the capability, and sure as hell has the confidence. Um, but the thing that worries me is it sounds like Branson Dean's not going to be available for the game. And I really, 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 really hate that. Um, but, um, if this year has been pro proof of anything, we have had a next man up mentality from Mm -hmm. every part of the field. Um, and luckily our depth on the defensive line is a lot better in the offensive line comparatively injury wise. Um, we're still able to rotate four guys out, um, on a semi regular basis. Uh, Yeah. On a semi-regular basis. And um, I think that there will be no lack of confidence going into this. We've always heard that Aiden is a not too high, not too low type of guy. Um, And I think he's going to carry that. And that is, I think that breeds across the program. I think that flows again with everybody else. Everybody else kind of feeds off that knock in too high, knock in too low. Um, And honestly, these guys, I mean, we took the number eight team in the country down to the wire. Um, We, we fought against two top five teams last year, you know, and, and uh, there's a lot of experience on this team in big games. Um, And this team is at its best. I've said this a lot in our group chat. This team's at their best when their backs are against the wall and we're playing with house money and our backs are against the wall. So why not do it?
1: Absolutely. We've got nothing to lose. Um, So yeah, I I, I hope that we come out swinging and, I already was, have
2: knots about Saturday. This is cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that we just cuz there's I mean there's literally no reason for us to be apprehensive about calling any kind of play Saturday. Just let it fly. I yep. mean just just, just let just go cr- go crazy with it, you know, do something do something wild, you know, shock the world. Um, yeah. yeah,
3: I think if there's stress it might be in the last 2 minutes. You know, if we're close throughout the game, I think we're yeah. just happy that it's still close. Yeah. Um, but uh You know, this team may have just, you know, Michigan, that is, may have just thumped Ohio State, but they also, you know, barely got by Illinois. They kind of escaped at Maryland, too. Um, You know, Ohio State and Penn State, they were both, I think, uh, what Ohio State was up three, and uh, Penn State was down two at halftime, and then they blew them out in the second half. So they're definitely a second-half team. So I think that we've got to get some sense of a halftime lead to have a chance, uh, which, you know, sounds – logical it sounds like any game but you know they're definitely uh there was i think it was going to iowa game they were the only team in the big 10 that scored more points in the second half than us so they're definitely a big time explosive second half team mm-hmm. so we've got we've got to be ready coming out of half
4: i'd um, say we are closer. too though
3: oh yeah yeah that's i mean like i said we're yeah. we were second to only them in the second yeah, half yeah. so you know, that's i yeah. yeah yeah um yeah so that's that's my thoughts is just you know try to keep it close I think we packed the box and we do leave maybe both our DBs on the outside one-on-one and just try to stop the run and and hope that we can make plays on the outside. Because that's how we beat Ohio State, if you remember that. When we beat Ohio State at home and we thumped them, it was because our one-on-one – what was it? Uh, was it Blackman,
4: Yeah. Frank? Yeah.
3: They yeah. seemed to make – every time he got called on, he made a one-on-one stop. And then they yeah. – they didn't get – He didn't get beat. So yeah. I think that's the same <laughs> recipe against Michigan.
0: They picked on him a lot too. They saw something in film. Uh, they were – they uh, – he, he had the game of his life it, being honest he wasn't great that season no. Um, no. And, and Ohio State saw that I saw that as a fan Ohio State probably saw that even more due to, to a greater uh, more uh, yeah. to a greater degree than I did but um, yeah they, they went to him over and over again in the end zone and he showed up and then I, I know I've said it on here before I ran into him after that game on the field and I told him he was the MVP yeah. uh, it's
1: one of the coolest things I've ever done It's like to be able to, to tell him that so yeah it's awesome and pretty special. I mean the only thing that I'm even, you know, worried about, yes, they have a great run game. Um, I feel like our run defense is pretty decent. Um, the only thing I'm worried about is like I just don't want to uh I just don't want to see him sling it, you know, forty yard, you know, bombs, uh, you know, touchdowns. Cause our secondary, there's no surprise, sometimes can be a little weak, sometimes can uh have some off um games. So hopefully um, but like you said, you know, there's nothing there's nothing to lose here. So
2: and i will i will add this one piece so bear with me um they played a pretty emotional game going against ohio state and sure mm -hmm. ours was ours was pretty emotional and everything involved too but um i think there's something to be said for for a michigan ohio state game when they play and beat ohio state for the first time since 2000 in the horseshoe um, and they they let a lot of things fly, and there was a lot of emotion on that sideline after that win. So um, I'm hoping that works in our favor and we can kind of work.
1: Yeah, we definitely did not have any – Emotion or not much emotion. We, we didn't call each other after the game, after the no. IU game. And <laughs> are you crying? I'm crying. You're me too. <laughs> no, but, um, but yeah, awesome. So let's, we'll, we'll close the door here on football with uh, this, this draft that Russ is, is thought up for So Russ, take it
3: away. I'd like to think it was more of a group effort. Um, we definitely, you know, used each other's feedback to kind of come up with this, but um, yeah, we finally are doing a football player based draft. And, It's only fitting that as we go into the Big Ten Championship game, we pick players going back to the last Big Ten Championship era, which was the Tiller era. So we're going to draft players basically from 97 on, and it's going to be just offensive skill positions. Like how how would you build your offense with any player from the last 20, what is that, 25 years? Mm -hmm. Um, So you're going to draft one quarterback, one running back, two wide receivers, and a tight end. As always, it's a snake draft, and we drew basically between Frank and Chris for the first pick to try to be fair, since Damon and I both had a first pick. Um, And I wanted somebody else to actually try to beat me in a draft for once, so I thought I'd make it easier for Um, y'all. So, Frank, good
2: humility there,
3: Russ. (laughs) Yeah, hey, I try. Um, So, and this is really, it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be tough to beat Frank. Um, He's got the first pick, Damon will be picking second then myself and then Chris, and then, of course, they'll snake back around. Chris will pick again, then myself then Damon back to Frank and so on until we get our, our five guys. So that's uh, pretty much the layout there. Yeah, so. so I'll
0: go ahead and kick this off. Uh, this is a tough decision, one I had to think a lot about.
3: <laughs> yeah, I bet um, you did. Ask. It kept me up
0: all night, but I'm going to have to, uh, after a lot of deliberation, go with Drew Brees. Oh, thank God.
3: Oh, I'm sorry, Frank. I forgot to say, if you're wearing the jersey of a player, you automatically get him. Uh so, okay. um... yeah.
1: <laughs> Dang. Can yeah. you, ta- can you, can you talk more? I mean, Dorian Bryant was still on the board. So can you tell me more about the reason you, oh, picked, I mean,
0: uh... Drew Brees, I mean, <laughs> it, in my opinion, he's, he could be in contention for the best quarterback to ever play the game. I mean, he doesn't have the accolades in terms of super bowls and, and whatnot, but, uh, you still look at the records he holds. There's a lot of pretty impressive records on there. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely the, the best, player to come out of Purdue uh in this time period for sure if not ever so easy, yeah, easy pick the, for me
3: my favorite storyline about him was being you know a high school quarterback in Texas state of Texas big time football state uh was very highly recruited and highly touted uh and then going into was it his senior year or junior senior year, year. senior year he had a a knee injury I think right ACL tear ACL tear I and believe everybody went running And the only two offers he had left were Purdue and Kentucky. And he basically chose Purdue based off academics. Um, And then even then, he didn't play a whole lot his first year, right? Like, so we're going to talk about, and I'll go through these records that he has for the school, but it's three years, not four years worth of records, three years worth of accumulated stats that has him at the top of our leaderboard. So that's how good he was that in three years, he put up a four-year career's worth of stats. So he won the 2000 Maxwell Award. Uh, was top four in Heisman voting in 99 and 2000, uh, 2000 academic all American. And again, as a three year starter, he has a school record for career passing yards, 11,793 touchdowns with 90. He had two six game touchdown or two, two, six touchdown passing games 2 five touchdown passing games. And all four of those were against big 10 opponents too. So that wasn't Eastern Illinois, Toledo. That was big 10 opponents. Um, Single-season school record with 39 touchdowns in 98. Um, and he was named the best Big Ten quarterback of the 90s um, and won the Big Ten quarterback of the year award as well, obviously. Or no, sorry, that's that's not what I was trying to say. Um, the Big Ten quarterback of the year award is now named after him in Greasy. So it's literally the Greasy Breeze Award. So, yeah, obviously he's the number one pick.
1: <laughs> I love that name, the Greasy Breeze. That sounds like... Uh, that sounds like a, like a drink you would order somewhere. Can I get a greasy breeze? Same. Like, like a, something you get a triple like X yeah. or like a burger. It you sounds like, like a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs>
3: um,
1: all right. So you said I'm second in the, in this draft.
3: Uh, yes, sir. You're second. So Dorian Bryant on the Damon squad. And then, uh, so I'm going to pick, oh
1: no, I, uh, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, um, after conferring with my, my team and my war room, um, uh, they've persuaded me, and uh, I'm gonna have to go with uh Rondale Moore, which I'm sure you're all shocked uh, about. Yeah, no, great, great pick.
3: Yeah, you know, I um, as I looked through the last 25 years, I knew that this year, this draft was gonna include a lot of current players or at least very recent players. So, yeah, that's, I mean, definitely great pick. And of course, you picked a lot of current players in basketball, so I kind of saw that coming, but uh. Rondo Moore, so a second-highest single-season reception mark in school history with 114. Um, Third-highest single-season yardage mark with 1,258 in that same season. Um, Tied for the fourth-highest single-season touchdown mark with 12 in that season. Um, Posted the fourth-highest single-game yardage mark with 220 against Vanderbilt. Um, And as a true freshman, was a consensus All-American. He was first-team All-Big Ten. Uh, Richter Howard Receiver of the Year Award, which I think is best receiver in the Big Ten. Won the Paul Hornig Award and the Thompson Randall L. Freshman Year Award. But I think the most impressive thing about him, and you guys will probably agree, was literally his first game. Yeah. Like, yeah. Out the gate. Like, I oh, mean, yeah. obviously the Ohio State game is a big one that was a national brand. But, like, under the lights on a Thursday night kickoff again and against Northwestern, dude just came out and torched them in the first half. And, yeah, and it was he, like,
0: he he broke the yards from uh, scrimmage record that game, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: like he had like 270 yards or something from scrimmage or something like that.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, so. and uh, that that first long touchdown that he had. Yeah. Uh, if if it wasn't for that amazing blocking by Terry Wright,
3: like yeah, that was the unsung
0: hero of that of that uh, that play. But
3: yeah, great pick. Russ, good pick. Okay, so, um, I'm gonna go, maybe where you guys don't think I'm gonna go. Uh, but I think that there's um, kind of a clear uh, second pick in my mind, um, and that's the second-best quarterback of the last 25 years. Dick! And uh, I'm talking about Kyle Wharton. Um, you know, he might be a sore subject. Well, you are not playing Wisconsin. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I know with with especially Damon era um, of fans that that might have been where you really grew up and started to like Purdue football because it did seem like in the biggest moments he had a fumble or a turnover, and you were like, dad gummit. Like, come on. (laughs) That was, that was probably the start of like, I grew up watching Tiller football and just being used to going to bowl game every year, winning seven, eight, nine games every year. And then when the Kyle Wharton era kind of started, I was like, Oh, this kind of (laughs) hurts. I don't, I don't like this, but um, he was the only Purdue quarterback to start in four straight bowl games. Only quarterback in history in the cradle quarterbacks to start four bowl games in a row. Um, he's fifth in school history with 9,337 passing yards, fifth in school history with 63 passing touchdowns, including 31 in 2004 alone, um, which was the second-highest single-season total in school history. He also had a six-touchdown and a five-touchdown performance. Um, he started out preseason third-team All-American in this season that uh, we might have remembered, um, and uh, he tied for fifth-most passing yards in his single game in school history with 522. So, Kyle Wharton, he's going to do my just, squad like, quarterback
1: now. on my board. Yep.
3: Yep. So, Chris, you get back to back picks now, sir.
2: We'll play it. There we um, go. I think I'm going to
3: go quarterback. That's
1: between. Uh, could, you, could you turn towards the mic, sir? i think oh, you said,
3: sorry. I think you said quarterback. So, Brandon Kirsch. Got it. Brandon I'm Kirsch. Like, yeah. <laughs>
2: No, I'm I'm stuck between two quarterbacks
1: and Caleb Turbish. Robert <clears throat> yes. Marv. Yes. Um,
0: hey, these, these are all these are all great players. Let's
1: oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um,
2: I think I'm gonna go with David Blau. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was actually think about like I tossed the idea around of Curtis Painter, but I think I'm gonna go with David Blau. Um he he always seemed like he he reminds me a lot of AFC. Never got real big for, for, for big games. He was always hyped up and ready to go. But like when when the helmet went on and the lights kicked on, it was all business, straightforward. And and it was a gunslinger. I mean, he's Drew Brees' height, but he would just he would just whip it, man.
1: And I I always wonder what his numbers would have been had he had four years under Coach Brom. A of thousand two.
3: percent.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And healthy years.
3: Four healthy yeah. years. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. So um, I did write-ups on five quarterbacks, and he was one of them. So um, he, was, he was right there in contention as well if, if Orton and Breeze were off the board. Um, he was fourth in school history with 9,734 passing yards. And again, that was in an abbreviated career. So he was very prolific when he did um, get in the game and did start the game. But uh, he was third in school history with 69 passing touch- touchdowns, um, sixth in school history with a single-season passing yardage mark of 3,705 in 2018, um, tied for sixth in school history with two different seasons of 25 passing <clears throat> touchdowns. Um, holds the single game passing record. Remember, remember what game that was? Anybody? What was, was it?
0: There. I, Central Michigan?
3: We, I, Frank and I oh, were no. both there.
0: Russ and I were there, yeah.
3: Yep. Missouri. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen him, him and
1: Drew Locke just teeing off. I had oh, Curtis yeah. Painter on my mind. That's yeah. why I said Central Michigan. Never um,
3: also had five <laughs> touchdowns in that game. So, yeah very good nice. pick and he's also Oh still- and one of them
1: was was taken back too the game winner in that
3: game that? Yes uh, yeah, they, yeah that was the uh, mysterious overturn where the angle didn't even show the ball hitting the ground they just basically assumed that yeah. it did Yeah that, it was crazy
0: That was when we got an official apology from the Big 10 like
3: um yeah. I remember Frank going in depth on the the whole crew that was calling that game and how many games that they'd called that Purdue was in that they blew calls that cost us the game. And I was like, how does this happen? <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right. So. so my next pick is probably one of my all time favorite players. Oh, no, and was... I really, he kind of, uh, he was at, he went off against Indiana state in the first game I watched him play in 2006, that'd be oh. Dorian Bryant. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm.
3: Dorian Bryant. Getting that pick in there and I'll scroll up to him here. So yeah. Dorian Bryant, he's second in school history with 292 receptions. I love Dorian. One of Bryant. three Boilermakers. <laughs> Sorry. What's that? what happened?
1: I said I love Dorian Bryant. Oh. <laughs>
3: Damn it. Sniped him. Um he's one of only three Boilermakers with two top 10 receiving years in um, reception marks, posting two eighty-seven reception seasons, um, which was tied for seventh with himself. Um, also had a 16-catch game against Northwestern in 2005, uh, third in school history with 3,548 yards, uh, with a single-season high of 1,068, which is with the 10th highest mark in school history. Um, tied for fifth in school history with 21 receiving touchdowns. He was three-time All-Big Ten. And one of the more impressive records, he holds the Purdue record for all-purpose yards in a career at 6,219, which is also the fourth-highest Big Ten mark and 16th in NCAA history. a okay, so so, very, very solid pick. Um, you've that. You've seen him come up a little bit when they talk about, you know, Charlie Jones' stats through certain number yeah. of games um, compared to past Purdue receivers, and, and he's definitely one of the more prolific receivers we've ever had, for sure, for sure. So, um, well, I'm going to be uh, the first one to pick. Uh, a position that has not been picked yet. Uh, can I call I a Can we're... I call a quick
1: timeout? Yeah, um, I was just messaged by somebody watching that uh, they've been commenting uh, on the feed. So if we could pull that up, so that we can look at uh, comments or questions, I, I don't know how to pull that up. I just want to. Uh... I've got nothing. Okay, uh, Dylan, you're a liar, uh, Dylan. Can, Lies.
3: Uh... I love how you said somebody and it's Dylan. That's disrespectful. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Uh, some guys uh, saying that we're getting some comments. But, um, yeah, so I'm going to go uh, tight end. Um, I think that uh, there's a – as far as a single performance no, don't do and it, single – Don't do it. Don't do it don't, um, do it. don't do it. Single well-known guy. Well, I don't know if I'm going to do it because I'm an old-school guy. Gonna, After I've learned in these drafts, it. I'm one of the old-school guys. Um, but I'm going to take Tim Stratton. Oh,
1: okay.
3: Um, I'm going to get me a big, solid tight end. Um, he's the only tight end in the top 10 in school history and receptions with 204. Uh, won the 2000 Mackey Award, which I saw Chris post a picture of when he was there hosting or um, receiving the team back um, from Bloomington. Um, he was freshman All-American in 98, was one of four Boilermakers to be named all Big Ten first team three times. Um, and he was a a big play guy for a tight end. He averaged 10.4 yards per catch over his entire career. And he was one of the big guys that I remember being a very reliable target for Breeze and even one year for Orton um growing up it was like every time you saw a big dude make a catch for us it was tim stratton so he's one of the guys i grew up loving to watch play purdue football so give me give me tim stratton okay and it's back to you damon
1: all right well um let me look at my board here real quick um
2: yeah i actually did a board before this so i was kind of like let's go
3: I spent Man. so much time getting the stats for all the players. I forgot to actually go back and rank them. So I'm like going through their stats and going, "Oh, which guy would I take over? Who? I didn't rank right. these guys yet."
1: Oh, so he's on Periscope. So how how does he comment on this?
2: Oh, I don't. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I guess, yeah, however, I he got, know. however he got, however you got a hold of you.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, I don't know.
1: Dang. Um. Well, anyway, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead figure and figure that out. Yeah, I'll go ahead and throw my pick out there. Uh, I'm gonna go with the quarterback just before any of them. uh, Any, (laughs) any
3: throw your pick out and it's a quarterback.
1: So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, Curtis Painter, uh, my hometown, the my neighbor, my neighborhood friend. I grew up in a small town called Washington. He's from Vincent, so (laughs) right across the pond there. Uh, So,
3: um, Damon, I gotta teach you a little something about drafting there, sir. So since we all had a quarterback already, you could have waited till your last pick to take your quarterback.
1: Oh, you already had – everybody had a quarterback already? <laughs> yep,
3: yeah, but too late. Too late. Oh. You already called it. He's on Damn. the board. <laughs> Sucks to <just> suck. Yep. <laughs> Get schooled, son. Okay. So I was a <clears throat> uh, But, no, it was, it was a good uh. pick, though. It was definitely a solid pick. Um, he was one of those three guys that was in contention after Orton and Breeze, as who I might pick. Um, but he was second in school history with 11,163 passing yards, uh, fourth with 67 passing touchdowns, uh, single-season record. In passing yards from Purdue history, which with three thousand nine hundred eighty-five, wow. um, he actually got Breeze by two yards. So wow. his high his high was thirty-nine eighty-five. Breeze was uh, thirty-nine eighty-three. Um, but third most passing touchdowns in a single season that same year with twenty-nine. Um, second highest single game passing yards. And now that I can, I you know we're all drafted quarterbacks. I can say something kind of cool that I learned while doing these stats. I witnessed. I have witnessed at this point, three of the top four passing yardage performances in school history. So I was at the Missouri game with Blau, um, and then at the Curtis Painter um, Little Caesars Motor City Bowl when he threw for uh, 546 yards and I think five touchdowns. Um, He also also had a six-touchdown game against Eastern Illinois in 2007. But um, do you all know who posted the other top four passing performance that I – attended no think don't think too hard wow aoc oh. against the against uh, tennessee in the music city bowl oh. okay. so actually i'm sorry that was yeah that was fourth yep so
1: all right so uh coming in live from our uh, our correspondent in ohio um dylan says that uh we all look handsome so dylan appreciate that thank you sir um and um Russ, you you left out one stat about Kyle Orton. He was a uh, first-team all-neckbeard. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Nice. Ouch. Uh,
2: I grew a neckbeard in high school.
3: <laughs> okay, so I think that puts it back to you, Frank. Um, yeah, I'm okay. on.
0: I'm, I'm up for two, right? Yep, because yeah. Drew Brees uh, handed it uh, off or crazy throwing now. the ball to Yeah, Yeah, uh, so Drew Brees is going to be throwing the ball because um, that's what Drew Brees does. Um oh, yeah, you don't say.
3: And yeah, so
0: since I get two picks, oh, and uh, uh, Zach
3: Eadie played hockey while we're, you know,
0: oh, yeah. and baseball, right? And he's he only tall? good because he's tall. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, there, there are no, there are no, there are no players who are taller than him who are, uh, you know, just as good. It's just great. All right. Neither here nor there. Um, so yeah, Drew Brees <laughs> has got to throw the ball to somebody. Um, and so, um, not that a running back isn't important, but you know, uh, Drew Brees has got to have someone to throw to. Um, you know, even in the NFL, uh, love the tight ends. Um, and I'm going to have to go with, uh, with tight end here. And, uh, that's going to be Dustin Keller. No. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. That's honestly no! who I thought you were going to take. That's
1: less. who I was going to pick, but I yeah. was like, Oh, I need to draft a quarterback. Cause I'm an idiot. And I did you not know, pay attention.
3: I I literally just went with, um, Stratton I because Dustin I grew Keller. up watching God, him and because he got the Mackey award. That's other than that. I think, yeah, those are, those are kind of hand in hand, um, Good picks is the top tight end in Purdue history. So,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so uh, to to couple that, uh, you know, he's got he's got his big tight end. Um, now he needs a uh, you know maybe slightly smaller, speedier guy with good hands. And uh, Don't do uh, it. there's a little bit of recency bias here, but uh, okay. I'm going have to go with uh, David Bell.
3: Mm, okay. Okay. So David Bell and Dustin Keller off the board. Yeah. I just think that
0: David Bell was so good at those 50, 50 balls.
3: Like, yeah. 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 You said little. And I was like, uh, you're kind of attacking him a little bit there. Like, well, I mean, little, little compared to Dustin Keller, you know? Oh yeah. No, I got you. Yeah. Cause I know we joked a lot about him going into the draft when people said that he, he didn't do anything great. He couldn't go up and get the ball. And it's like, all he ever did at Purdue was go up and grab 50, 50 balls. And, reach around dudes and somehow snatch that pass. You know, like Rondell Moore was definitely the speedy. He's going to get open. He's going to find a way to get the ball in space. And he he made some contested catches, but that was David Bell's probably best talent was catching those 50-50 balls mm-hmm. for sure. So um, going back to Dustin Keller, one of the big reasons I think he's a fan favorite is he went to high school at Lafayette Jeff. You know, he's, he's a local kid. Um, <laughs> nice. Um, he's a local kid. He led the state his senior year. With 114 receptions um, he was a second team all big 10 selection in 2007 he was a first round pick in the 08 nfl draft um, and finished his career with 142 receptions 1882 yards and 16 touchdowns so very very solid pick there and then david bell scrolling up here um, in just three seasons again another one of those players that in three seasons put up career ranking stats um, he ranks Fourth in school history with reception in receptions with 232, fifth in school history with 2,946 receiving yards, tied for a fifth with 21 touchdowns, second highest single season mark in receiving yards with 1,286, um, including the second most in a single game. Okay, trivia time again. Which game was that? And how many yards?
2: Uh Iowa last or uh when they beat number two, Iowa.
3: Yep, it was Iowa. How many yards? 274 240 240. <laughs> yep, 240 yards. So good picks back to you, Damon. Damon, I don't know why. I All right, a let's on see
1: it. how I can uh botch this one. Um, <laughs> let's see, you know what? Uh, you don't need me...
3: another quarterback, you're good. You. Uh,
1: let me see
3: i talked for a while there man you you should have
1: dang so we're going oh man dang 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 okay well i had a running back in mind um but i'm gonna have to take him off my board now because he is oh there you are dylan uh i see now i got it i got it figured out so i've got the live stuff opened up there um
2: make your pin. yeah but
1: uh dang okay All right, with the third pick in the two thousand and twenty-two Purdue football draft.
3: It's actually like the tenth pick. Okay,
1: good. Um, well, third pick for me, so get over it. Um (laughs) dang, I was gonna go with Mike Allstott to be totally honest with you. Uh, I was gonna Yep, just missed the cutoff. Yep. Yeah, just missed the cutoff there. Yep. Uh, Oh I'm gonna go with like he would have been the I feel
3: like he would have been the second pick if it went back to that area. I'm gonna
1: go with Raheem Mostert. Yeah, okay. Okay great pick. Good guy, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. great
3: guy. guy. Um, Definitely a grinder. Um, You know, he didn't exactly have a hugely prolific career at Purdue in football, but he was a great track athlete. Um, And uh, I think we're having some technical difficulties. Uh, Just ignore anything you see on the screen. Okay, there we go. We're good. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, yeah, he obviously even grinded in the NFL, right? He was uh, on six different teams before he ever had his first carry as a running back, and now he's doing quite well for himself. Um, yeah. you know, did well at San Francisco, got hurt unfortunately, but went to Miami and he's doing great there now as well. So um, yeah, he's definitely very, very speedy guy, a great weapon to have. So well done. So it's back to me. So I've got Orton, I've got Stratton, need a couple <clears throat> receivers and a running back. Um, so I'm gonna go with the receiver that I, I kind of thought might go off the board by now, but then again, I'm I'm the old school guy, so maybe. That's why oh, I feel so. Uh, I'm going to take the school career reception leader. Had 325, including the sixth highest single season mark with 89 in 2004. Um, he had two separate 16 catch games. Um, he's second in school history with 3,629 receiving yards, um, ninth highest single season mark with 1,095. Tied for fifth also with 21 t- receiving touchdowns. I feel like there's like five guys um, that were tied with 21. Um, had a school record 16 in 2004 for a single season, um, led the Big Ten in back-to-back years in 2003-2004, was first-team All-Big Ten in 2004, consensus All-American, and Blitnikoff Award finalist, um, and left school. <sighs> course, we've been passing. Oh. oh, yeah, I know, right? Sorry, I picked the best guys. I'm sorry, I get all the stats on him. Um, he left school as the NCAA all-time reception leader, but, of course, you know, it's been a pass-happy league the last 15 years. Um, and he's currently the Penn State wide receivers coach. Who who'd I take, guys?
1: Taylor Stubblefield.
3: Taylor Muth- Stubblefield.
1: <laughs> that's who I, before the season started, that's who I was hoping Braun would try to go after to yeah. bring onto the staff. But And I don't know if he did or not, but... Yeah, it was a great pick, uh, right
3: through the heart. <clears throat> yep, yep, I know, I know. I'm good at this, guys. I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. I'm good at this. Cool. Chris, try to take uh, two picks and steal somebody from me.
2: I'm going to go to the wide receiver room as well on this one. And uh, and it's a little personal because I kind of like him because he was also a Colt on the Super Bowl team. Um, but uh, John Standiford.
3: Nice. Great, great pick. So he was kind of like the Stubblefield the year before Stubblefield. Like he set several records, and then like the next year, Stubblefield topped him. So he was third in school history with 266 receptions. First – um, with 3,788 yards in school history, um, tied for second with 27 touchdowns, highest single-season receiving yardage mark with 1, Um and also posted uh, 1,150 yards in 2003. Um, but 2002 was all Big Ten and was first-team all-academic All-American. Um, so, yeah, very, very good pick.
2: And he set a uh, school record his junior year. Mm-hmm. Um, for uh, 1,307 yards and a school record tying 13 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, And then, I'm going to switch it up and I'm going to go to the running back room and I'm going to take a guy that I always enjoyed watching run the ball
1: and that's going to be uh, Corey Sheets. Oh, man. oh man. You said enjoyed. I was ready. To, I, I was tapping out Mockaby it. right there. I'm I like, thought
3: oh. he... Oh, Okay. I had right. I had
2: him next. Corey I like Corey Sheets. Sheets a lot. He was he was like my hero running back growing up.
3: Okay, so I know we had some spelling errors last time, but I just tried to try to type in Corey with a K and it changed it to Joey. So Siri is uh Siri's on something there. Yeah, we're gonna oh, have to triple some, check before need,
0: before another on, podcast on tries
4: to call Sheets. us out.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I um,
0: mean thirty uh, three hundred career. Uh, rushing yards, average five point one mm-hmm. yards per carry. Forty-eight rushing touchdowns. Uh, you know, didn't really take off till his senior year. But uh, was, only
2: Dory
3: and was... Bryant has more uh, all-purpose yards than Corey Sheath. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's also tied single-season touchdown record with sixteen in 'oh eight, um, and he posted a four touchdown game um, in two thousand six against Miami of Ohio. So very, very,
2: and and against game. Michigan in two thousand eight.
3: Um, he also had a pretty decent career in the Canadian Football League, I believe, right? Like he was, mm-hmm. yep. um, did did quite well for himself up north there. So, and I
0: have his autograph. Nice,
3: nice. Okay. So um, <laughs> it's back to me. So all you have left is your tight end. So you get to wait uh, for what? Yep. You get to wait for a tight end. Scraps. Um, but um, so I'm gonna take, and I almost thought you were gonna take this guy, um, but I'm gonna take a running back. I also enjoyed watching run the ball. Enjoyed. Um, Very much enjoyed watching run the ball. Um, He, you know, was compact, but also quick, um, good at breaking tackles. Um, He was uh, sixth in school history with 2,594 rushing yards. Ninth Uh, in school history with 20 rushing touchdowns. Um, He was the 2014 Indiana Mr. Football. He was a friend of the show. He's a friend of the show. Um, he also still holds the Indiana High School single season record with 3,536 rushing yards. And um, Coach Allen, Tom Allen, you? Look at the camera. Okay. His Kevin name's Wilson. his name's Markel jo- Oh, sorry, Kevin Wilson. His name's Mark Jones. Uh, Markel <laughs> Jones.
1: Dang it. Slept <laughs> all the momentum out of that.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, Tom Allen's a weirdo, but you know. Yeah. 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 We love this. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Mark no, Jones, I like it. Yeah
3: so back to damon
1: yeah so i've got a quarterback i've got my receiver in rondale one of my receivers and i've got my running back so i'm gonna go ahead and uh, grab my tight end here i'm gonna go with um
3: <laughs> what damon frank's already got a tight end so he's not gonna pick a tight end so you pretty much can have your pick the next round just try to help you out on the draft
1: and you had you oh yeah okay okay man i don't pay attention to stuff like that i'm just like (laughs) who's on the board that's like all i'm thinking of um all right so then if i'm gonna go with wide receivers uh let me check my draft board here real quick i'm gonna go with charlie jones screw all of you guys charlie jones is joining the team uh go ahead russ
3: i only know him by chuck sizzle um
1: Oh, true, true, true.
3: Also, if you guys didn't know, he was childhood friends with AOC. I don't know if you knew that or not. Um, you know, I AOC wait, basically wait, wait, recruited what? him here. Where did you um, hear this?
1: Yeah. yeah you, um, can you confirm that with your sources?
3: I, you know, I'm just guessing. I'm guessing um, at this point. But, um, you know, he played for like 15 different schools. But, um, no, he walked on at Buffalo and then, you know, made his way to Iowa and made his name as a returner but didn't really get Walked on at Iowa as well. Yeah, walked on at Iowa. Didn't get the the work in the receiving game. Um, And so hit the transfer portal. And uh, lo and behold, behold, his best friend needed a wide receiver to throw the ball to every other play. So, um, yeah, he's uh, currently fifth in the country and first in the Big Ten uh, with 1,199 receiving yards. Um, He's tied for third in the country and tied for first in the Big Ten with 12 touchdowns. (laughs) And he's uh, third in the country with 97 receptions, which also leaves the Big Ten. So he's definitely a guy I thought would get picked in this draft. So well done. Frank, it's back to you, sir, with a running back and a wide receiver.
0: You know, I think there's some... uh... You know, there's something to be said uh, for for chemistry, and so I'm going to go with a guy, um, guy who played with Breeze. Um, uh, you know, I need a solid running back. Uh, I'm going to go with Montrell Lowe. Yep.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, and often forgotten. I was torn
3: guy. between Cheats and Montrell Low. Yeah. Yep.
1: This is shocking.
3: Sixth in school history with 2,594. No, sorry, that's Marquel Jones. Oh my goodness, I'm messing up. I'm off my game. Um, y'all started helping me with stats, and then I started messing it up. Um, 2,648 rushing yards, um, ninth highest single season mark with 998 in 2000, um, which included a 208 yard, four touchdown performance against our bitter rivals from the South Indiana, and that's uh, kind of how you make your name. Could do something good against IU. So,
0: no, no, no absolutely, and uh, uh, yeah. So uh, I, I'm just, uh, just with the receiver left. Is that correct?
3: Yes, sir. That's
0: a that's a tough one. I'm, I'm I'm torn between two. And then this is this is a guy. I'm I'm gonna go with a guy who um uh, sort of uh, uh holds a special place, not so much for his career, but for you know his end to his career. Uh, and that's gonna be Anthony Mahungu. Mm, wow. That's a that's a good that's a dark horse pick right there. I like it. That. Is it is a dark horse pick, and he was a guy who I always felt had a lot more potential. It's just amazing how you know he doesn't play under Hazel and then you know comes in you know his final season with brahman and plays a lot and does pretty well so
1: yeah had the winning touchdown catch against Arizona in yeah. the foster farms Bowl. is that correct
0: yeah <clears throat> um but yeah that was a that was that was an impressive season for him um uh, you know the, the the Frenchman but yeah yeah that's uh that's that's my pick. It was between him and another guy. I won't give it away because I feel like he still may go but uh we'll see we'll see what happens. Yeah.
1: All right. All right I, uh, with my final pick in the, the draft here, my tight end, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go with Payne Durham. Mm-hmm. So the pain train.
3: He was, uh, one of the four tight ends I did a write up as well on. So, uh, three time academic, all big 10, um, 2020 and 2021 big 10 all big 10 honorable mention, um, the pain train or big game pain. Uh, I'll always know. remember him. The biggest thing I remember him for is, and it's in my mind because I was at the game, but that play against Tennessee, where he just ran through and kept going, and then broke free for what sixty-two yards for touchdown. Insane. Insane! Now it's
2: like his his thing of just dragging humans.
3: Yeah, <sighs> and he's touchdown machine. I mean, he's also got twenty-one touchdowns. You know, I feel like there's eight guys tonight we talked about with twenty-one career touchdowns, and he's still playing. So. Very, very good pick. So that, uh, that leads me with uh, a wide receiver pick to round out my squad. Um, so while I'm kind of thinking on that, I'm going to ask a trivia question about running backs. How many thousand-yard rushing seasons have we had, especially since Devin Mockaby's kind of on his way to maybe getting there?
1: In the last uh, 25 years? Ever.
3: Ever, ever in Purdue history. How many? No, don't oh, no, look it geez. up, Frank. I see you looking it up. <laughs> no, no, I, my,
0: my, my hands are here. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to spit out spitball a number and say 40.
3: Eight. Only ah, eight okay. running yes. backs. I was guessing low, yard. too. And oh, what, wow. what two individuals have had 2,000-yard rushing seasons for Purdue? I feel like it one, has. one
0: has to be Leroy Keys. Nope. No. Corey Sheets and
3: Mike Allstott. Mike Allstott's one of them. The other one's a very, very old-school pick. Oh, if, if Frank's going to be the stat guy, I'm going to be the historian guy. Yeah, <laughs> I like this. I
0: like this, honestly.
3: Um, Lee Leroy Keys did have one. Corey Sheets did have one. Otis, oh, Armstrong.
0: Right. Otis Armstrong.
3: Otis oh, Armstrong. Oh, yeah. 70s. Okay. Um, 70s. Joey, okay. Joey Harris also had a 1,000-yard season, and Scott Deerking also had a 1,000-yard season. Wow. Okay. Wow. Hmm. Jeez. Yep, yep. <laughs> Soon to be Maccabee. Yeah. So, wide receiver, um, I feel like you guys have taken the recent receivers that I would want to take. Um, So, I'm going to go with another old school and pay homage to that Rose Bowl era. Um, And I am going to go with Vinny Sutherland. Okay. Um, Ninth in school history with 176 receptions, uh, sixth with 2,370 yards, fourth with 25 touchdowns. I need it. It's been too long of an episode. I'm slurring my words. Um, Ninth, uh, ninth most single season receiving yards with 1095. Um, Also had a 13 yard touchdown season, which is tied for second school history. Um, And in 2000 was first team, all big 10 as a wide receiver. And he was second team, all big 10 as a kick returner. Um, And he, he's also one of the few players in college football to have a 99 yard touchdown pass um from Jubris against Northwestern. So, Vinnie Southern's going to round my squad out. So that leaves Chris to pick a tight end. Now, hold on. You know,
1: uh while he's picking his tight end, I was cuz you were talking about chemistry earlier, Frank. I was surprised you didn't pick Seth Morales as your uh Yeah, I mean neighbor. he yeah. he had he had the one play, but outside of that, he wasn't
3: Did he have a big play? What was what was the play?
0: Um, I, we should make I, a T-shirt. Think he, it me, I think he caught should, a touchdown pass it, in an insignificant game. It reminds um, me of a, a city of Ohio for some reason.
3: Yeah, Chris, can you find that and put it on in our intro? That'd be great.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's okay, yeah. yeah. Um, Outside of that, he was, and I think that's why that catch was so special because he wasn't the best of receivers overall.
2: So I think hmm. the tight end I'm gonna go with is, uh, Bryson Hopkins.
0: Yeah, yep, that's who that I would have nice. picked. That, yeah, was, that was, a was
3: clear. My, he was my four. other one. Yep, 2018, third-team All-Big Ten, 2019, first-team. Um, also was the Big Ten tight end of the year, which is, I think, an Iowa-named award because Clark Dallas Clark, but it's like the qual, Qualic Clark tight end of the year award. Hmm. Um, but finished his career with 130 catches, 1,945 yards, and 16 touchdowns. So, nice. And he also made I some actually, plays in the Super Bowl last year. So I actually he tossed
2: did. the idea around of uh, Charles Davis from the ordinary of the stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: I have a I have a grievance to air with the uh, you know these all big ten selections. Uh not, garbage, yes. Not a single
1: Purdue defender. I love it. Don't pick of any of us. Count game. us out. Oh yeah. count us out, please. Like um Corey I'm, Tries, come on. I'm, I'm shocked that none of you picked De- Devin Maccabee for your running back. I thought about um, it. He
3: was he was my probably third or fourth. I thought Corey yeah. Sheets and Markel were my top two. But yeah, Devin Mockaby um was definitely and then,
1: um nobody picked uh Hunt either.
3: Uh, yeah, Hunt. he's he's Matthew another Hunt. one, another one who was on um, my list. Yeah. Ra- Ralph Bolden, kind of a flash in the pan. He's guy. another one, um, another one who was on my I list. Holds, I really like that guy. He holds the single game rushing record with 234 against Toledo. Jesus. Um
0: I was at that game.
3: Yeah, and then Gerard Void, 10th in school history. Um kind of that gap era, like end of Tiller era running back, um, 2,400 rushing yards, third in school history, 36 touchdowns. Um,
1: Honorable I mention, I would have picked, um, now that I'm thinking about it, um, Holmes. I would have ha- picked him as my tight end. Gab- was it Gabriel Holmes? Is that- yeah. Gabe Holmes? Yeah. Yeah, I would have. Yeah. Um,
3: DJ Knox. Solid. DJ Knox is a running back, too. I mean, he didn't have – you know, the career (laughs) records and career numbers because of the injuries that he battled. But I mean, that Ohio state game just showed what his potential was. Yeah. What what he could do. Um, who else did I have on here? Brian Alford um, played through 97. He was like very beginning of this. So most of his career was not in the toe era, but, um, school leading 31 touchdowns, first career, um, fourth all time with 3,029 receiving yards. Um, Chris Daniels as well, 10th um, in receptions and holds a single-season reception record with 121 and the single-game receiving receptions record, um, which was 21, and uh, fourth-highest single-season yardage mark with 1,236 in 1999. Um, and the single-game receiving record, which is uh, 301. 301. He's, uh, yeah. wow. He was the guy that everybody thought Rondell was going to catch his first game. Okay. For receiving yards um yeah. record. So
1: yeah. All right. So we are gonna put the nail in the coffin for football uh for now until we get to talk about uh how we're all going to the Rose Bowl and Big Ten champions next week. Um uh, apparently
2: we... that is not necessarily the case.
3: Do you want me if to read we... this?
2: So there's a tweet going around about the selection process just now that even if we were to win, we wouldn't go to the Rose Bowl.
1: That's... Well, I'm saying that we're <laughs> going to go to the Rose Bowl. So,
3: um... Do you want me to read the squads real quick, too? Sorry. I don't know if you want me to run those over. Or...
1: Uh, sure, you can do that.
3: Okay, so Frank had Drew Brees, Montrell Lowe, David Bell, Anthony Mahungu, and Dustin Keller. Damon had Curtis Painter, Raheem Mostert, Rondale Moore, Chuck Sizzle, and Payne Durham. Uh, I had Kyle Orton, Markel Jones, Taylor Stubblefield, Vinny Sutherland, and Tim Stratton. And then Chris had David Blau, Corey Sheets, Dorian Bryant, John Stanford, and Bryson Hopkins. Clear I winner s-
0: among that
1: group.
3: I mean, when you got breeze, man, I'm not yeah. even going bet against you. Oh yeah,
1: for sure. <laughs> but um all right, so let's get into uh, I think we've did something else happen over the weekend. Um I think we had no, two nothing. more two I'm- more basketball games against Guns a lot a Gun- lot this weekend. Gonzaga, Gun- Banan- Gun- that's who it was. No, I'm yeah. just kidding but uh, the, uh tiny school. Huge, yeah, uh huge 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 games against Gonzaga and uh Duke and we'll we'll start with Gonzaga first. Um honestly going into that game with us beating IU uh the night before or or the day or, no, the <laughs> day after. Yeah, timeline
3: mind. timeline Damon. Timeline. Dude, my timeline is so messed <laughs> up, man.
1: Um uh I'm I'm doing my best though no um, honestly i i i was like you know what we're, we're i was so focused i think on the football game that i was okay if we didn't beat gonzaga i was like oh well in my mind i was like we're gonna lose to gonzaga and then win the third place game on on saturday or sunday um that was kind of my mind uh set and i was i was just i was over the moon with football so uh even though that hadn't happened yet and i'm getting my time on design, Somebody else talk. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll uh, I'll I'll chime in with my thoughts on, on Gonzaga. I, I wasn't extremely confident, um, you know, going into the game, just because they are Gonzaga is strong at every position, right? Uh, uh, Drew Timmy needs no introduction. Um, you know, Julian Strather, but that was to me keeping him to four points was what played a huge role in us winning that game. Right, so mm-hmm. he was over four from three. Like he's a guy who can get hot. Um, you know, we did okay on Razier Bolton. He was two for four from three, but like keeping Strother at bay was in my opinion, like the, the reason we won that game. And again, that was a game, I think, what did we start one for 12, one for 13 from three. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I remember, you know, texting you all at halftime and saying like, like we were up five and saying like, man, that's like, I am thrilled to be up five. And again, it just goes back to this team. Because this time last year, Painter kept asking the question, "How will we respond when shots aren't going in?" And we've seen that. Like shots weren't going in to start the game. Like we were. I mean, we were getting good looks. They weren't going in. Edie was missing some easy shots uh, when they, they weren't even double teaming him. Um, it, it just it it goes to show that, that we can win still. We can stay in games because of our defense and because of our grit, because of our ability to execute. So I think that was a statement win for that reason. That we started the game terribly, um, you know, and still had to lead at halftime, and that we never, we never faltered. Like I, I'll be, I'll be first to admit that you know, in the second half, I just thought like, all right, they're gonna make a run, we're gonna blow this, and maybe we're conditioned as, as Purdue fans to to think that, uh, but it never happened. Like they, they went on a run, and we responded, and and you know, came back and won by uh, by eighteen. Um, so I just think that you know, the, the guard 18. play. 18. Eight- 18 18 sorry
3: i was just like i had to say we're just again. excited not not correcting just excited yeah yeah
0: yeah. 18 yeah so i mean it, it wasn't it wasn't like we won on a buzzer beater we won convincingly yeah right so i mean for brayton smith and Fletch, to both have 14 points um you know gillis gillis played a good game uh Stu for five from three uh it, it was it was just it was a statement win. it showed the country who we are and and what 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 we can do uh in my opinion um you know, we, I thought we did a good job on Drew Timmy. He still had 22 points. Uh, he kind of took over the game late in the second half, but I thought we did a good <coughs> job on him. But I, I gained a respect for him, uh, in that game just seeing him, you know, um, go back and forth with Edie. And it's actually seemed like legitimate friendly banter and not trash yeah. talk. Like they seemed like they were like enjoying each other's company out there. And it was funny because, you know, you'd see him in the free throw lane, and they'd like be like kind of laughing and smiling, and all of a sudden immediately mm-hmm. go to box out. Like it was like, all right, yeah. time to play now. Yeah. Um, but listening to Drew Timmy and the post game presser, just really, 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 really good guy, really likable guy. So a lot of respect for him. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I was, I was, I was a little shocked. Not that we won, but at how we won. Yeah, oh,
3: yeah. Well, especially yeah. with the way the game started. I mean, we we all said that we, you know, we just want to play Gonzaga. We just want the experience. Almost like this Saturday. Hopefully that's an omen. But. Um, it was just like a, we're glad we're glad to be in the game and have the chance to see how we stack up. How are we going to handle this talented of a roster across the way from us? And you know, we talked about, or you guys talked about, you know, some of their weaknesses, how their guard play might be susceptible, how you know Timmy doesn't play on the big guy on the other side to try to protect him, and you know, you know, we, you guys, kind of talked through how we could maybe match up against them, but there's no way any of us were going to put money on an 18 point win. You know, hey, we're going to beat West Virginia and then beat Gonzaga worse. Um, but, yeah, 438 in, we were down 12-4. They kind of jumped on us the way we were afraid West Virginia might. But uh, our lawyer bailed us out um, okay. with a, a three-pointer. <laughs> so the lawyer jokes are so, really starting to get underneath um, my skin. I don't really <laughs> so, uh, But, no, we were down 12-4. <laughs> lawyer hits a three and sparks a 14-4 run. Where well, we take back control of the game and pretty much had control of it the rest of the way. We, mm-hmm. you know, answered every punch that they threw and just kind of stretched the lead and stretched the lead. And they still didn't have an answer. And, you know, we we talked about it. Um, you know, you I'm sorry, you talked about it. How Edie's playing drop coverage and he's doing very, very, very well at it. Um, and the thing that I think is tricky is I don't know if the other teams. They're so focused and worried about Edie now and how he's going to play and how they're going to have to get a floater or a short jumper that when first comes in or somebody else is on the pick and roll and they hedge like crazy, it really starts throwing them out of their their game plan a little bit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think our, our versatility of our bigs is much, much better this year than it was last year. And
1: what the ability for first to hedge and then immediately get back to who he was guarding. Yes. I mean – Yeah, he was running all over the place. Just, just a shout out to
0: first on the weekend. Like, oh
3: yeah, his his
0: defense, his defense on Drew Timmy. I mean, like I said, the guy had twenty two points. He had twenty two points on fourteen shots. Like that's, I mean, we made him, we made him earn it. Uh, But he, uh, he's Caleb. First has improved leaps and bounds because his defense is honestly, in my opinion, what kept him off the floor Uh, last season. Why he didn't, you know, there's some games he didn't play and. Uh, but I just think he he's improved
3: substantially,
0: um, and, and he was
3: he was battling health issues last year.
0: He was too, you know? yeah, so, yeah. But, and and one interesting thing, I listened to Mark View talk in the press conference last night, and he said that Purdue chose to leave one of our guys open from three, and that really messed up our game plan. He didn't say who, um, but <laughs> I think I, I think it had to be Ben Greg, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, because we didn't you know, Timmy took two threes, both were contested. Um, you know, just going back and thinking it had to be Ben great. Cause there's a couple times in the first half I was like, Oh, why, why is he so open? And maybe it was a choice, but he said that kind of disrupted their, their offense and what they were trying to do. Um, maybe they were trying to spread the floor a little bit, but we, uh, we, we, you know, he's, he's not a shooter. He did hit two threes in the second half. That kind of sparked their little run, uh, before he uh, fouled out. But, um really interesting uh, and effective game plan there on Painter because Mark View basically said it had them kind of baffled. Yeah. He didn't uh he didn't uh, respect someone, uh, which maybe that was uh he didn't want to call out as player, uh which I totally respect. So
2: it did the same thing against Duke too. I mean, mm-hmm. this team he has been out. very good at spotting the or paying attention to the scouting report and leaving guys open who they don't need to guard and try and help on other guys that do need it.
0: Well, that's a good a good segue into the uh, the Duke game. I think. You know. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, I think uh, yeah. Uh, for anyone who didn't know, uh, Sunday we played Duke, um, and that was one that I was uh, I was actually in the car, uh, so I got to listen to it on the radio. Got to watch it after the fact. Um, but that was another game, you know, where we started off poorly, uh, and we're mm-hmm. still in it. And once we got control, we never we never let go of it, mm-hmm. um, which is again just. A crazy testament to what this team's capable of, and and the fact that you know they never, uh, never let the moment get too big. But um, you know, I think all things considered, we did a really good job on on Filipowski. Uh, you know, he was what two for four from three. Um, you know, it sounded like one of them was just a miscommunication on defense, and he got open. Um, I know Jeremy Roach uh, didn't uh, play the entire game, uh, but I felt like in the the minutes he was in, I mean, he had an offensive rating of eighty seven you know, in the time that he played and that, you know, adjust for for how much he played. So uh, I feel like we did a really good job keeping him, you know, in check. Um and still, in my opinion, the, the play of the game was that Fletcher Lawyer steal. Um yeah. because Fletcher Lawyer stole the ball away from Filipowski, took it down the court, uh, and Filipowski immediately fouled him. Uh Fletcher ended up hitting hitting both the free throws too, so it added that extra, you know, salt in the wound there. But Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Filipowski ended up fouling out with what, five minutes to go, six minutes to go or yeah. something like yeah, that, mm-hmm. you know, and him being their offensive firepower and, and really the guy who can stretch Saki out of the paint defensively. I mean, that, that was a huge, huge thing to have happen, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. for us because, I you mean- know, again, we still got the points and we got an extra foul on him. Um, so I'm not sure if that was intentional or if that was just a, you know, a reaction, but, um. Yeah, that was that was the play of the game. And also Edie uh seven freight from the line again.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. just shout out to and I know we said it earlier, but honestly, Edie as a whole the entire weekend. Not only was just he's just tall he, though. He's he's just <laughs> tall and he's a different player than he was last year. He's improved in so many areas. One no, thing he hasn't, is he's just playing, just playing more minutes. That's well anyway, they always
3: they always and, give the tournament MVP how much shut up. Out? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hey, no, I
0: don't think this. I'm just saying that's what other people are saying. I
1: know, he's averaging 20, yeah.
2: 12, and three.
1: So uh um, insane. Oh, man, I think I honestly thought forgot what I was gonna say now. Uh, uh well,
3: so so Duke, like uh Frank said, um I'll, I'll give you some time to think. Um they started 14 to 7 run. So again, we're down early, and again, our lawyer bailed us out with a bucket. That's and um he sparked, a, he sparked it, he sparked a 23 he sparked a 23 to 4 run. But I mean I, I do have bad news for you, Frank. The better lawyer plays. The more you're, you're going to hear about it more often than Edie played hockey. Um, that's yeah. just it's going to happen. So maybe get used to the radio call because um, you know Lawyer and Braden Smith. I got so tired of hearing people talk about how Lawyer looks like John Shire and Braden Smith looks like a Gonzaga guard. But like, give us some dang respect. We just blew out right. both those programs. There are players. They're Purdue players, right? Like, Absolutely. Ethan Morton looks like a guy that we recruited from the Katie era. And he's coming in, making the fundamental plays and doing all this smart- Pennsylvania,
0: Mr. Basketball, though. I mean,
3: yeah, but, um, but I mean, it's just, it's uh, that was starting to annoy me that, that they were always comparing our guys to other teams. And it's like, what do we have to do to get your respect? We just, I know, play.
1: I get what he's saying, though, because anytime Purdue, I mean, football or basketball, to be fair, does anything good or wins anything that people and maybe they don't typically win. Immediately, the thought is, oh well, the other team's not that good this year. Oh, Gonzaga's not that good. Oh, Duke's probably Duke's going to struggle all year long, or you know, oh, it's Shisesky's first, it's Shire's first year coaching. Shiseski's not there anymore. Um, you know, all these reasons as to why it's just not that. Oh, Purdue's a really good team this year. Um, uh, you know, with football, it's oh, the Big Ten West sucks. The Big Ten West sucks. Blah blah blah. I mean, there's every. There's never just like oh Purdue's just a great team this year. It's never that. It's oh, there's always a reason for why Purdue is good. It's not just that they're good. Well, they're not- I, I, I think but we're what? still we're still
0: not convinced, right? As as a fan base,
1: and you know the
0: the big question all we heard in the offseason, was you know we don't we don't have guards. We don't have experienced guards. Um, you know I love the fact that uh, when we had Raphael Davis on the show, he you know he said he told Braden Smith you know why is everyone saying Purdue needs a point guard. You know, show him show him and yeah. uh I, you know, I think he's done that so far and i mean small Ray sample Ray
1: size but raphael yeah. back in june said that he's like i'm not sure but i i think this purdue team is going to be a lot better than what people are expecting you know i mean raphael from since june yeah. uh has thought that this team was was going to be really good but what i was trying to say earlier um before <laughs> i was so rudely interrupted uh, i'm just kidding but um was that I loved Zach E's comments after the the Duke game where they were talking about, you know, how are you so dominant? How are you this? He's like, well honestly, he's like, I've just learned how to how to be this big and play. And a lot of people don't know how to guard me. And so they they start to foul me and, and they don't know how to play big like I do. Um it, you know I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically you know what he said. Um and I just love the the confidence from Edie because it's not unfounded confidence. He's got the numbers to back it up. He's also worked his ass off. And if you guys didn't know, he also played hockey at one point in his life. Wow! Um, but and he's you still know what growing. Really blew my mind? Anderson. If he played baseball, that would be crazy because <laughs> be that, that certainly
2: well, can't be. Do I have a surprise for you? <laughs> the, um, the true mind-blowing stat so, was
3: that he's oh, still growing. He could be seven six. That right? is crazy. They you nope.
0: said that, and I'm like, wait, because I was listening on the radio. I'm like, no, 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 no. Did no. you guys
1: hear that he shot his shot uh, with uh, with Nike um, when they were at the game, and he was yeah. like, or they were at the tournament, and he was like, Yep. Yeah. If you guys got any size 20s, uh, you know, laying around, just send them my way. He's like, you guys don't really make that size anymore, and uh, I definitely need some more shoes. Just like shot a shot with Phil Knight or somebody, so, Nike representative or someone.
2: The two things I took from this weekend, one is I think Edie's footwork is light years ahead of what it was last year. He's just he's, tall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just this guy. Um, so he just seems like he's moving a lot he's a lot more fluid. He's averaging 0.8 turnovers a game when he averaged eight turnovers a game last year. Like it just was, it was, he's done considerably better. And then kind of shout out to Joe. I was looking through his thread, I think after Gonzaga. Um, and he was talking about how uh, they'd run up the floor and like, um, uh, Sasha would kind of be the trailer and he would get that kick on the fast break and hit the three. And that's kind of turned into like Braden and Fletcher's kind of game now where Fletcher's that kind of trailer on the side and then Braden just Mm -hmm. kind of hits him in the in the transition and he drains a three. So it's -hmm. cool to see that continue and be still effective because that's such a such a kick to the face when you're draining those threes in transition.
1: And I just I I can't get over how much I, I really do love Fletcher's game because he is so much more than just like a coming off the screen catch and shoot guy. He is make a lawyer he, joke. Make a lawyer is that, joke, or I you right now. He is that guy, but <laughs> Don't judge he me. can also he can also get the ball and then make create his own shot. He can dribble, you know, a little bit and get that open shot, or um, you know, he can even drive to the lane or he can take a two. Um, he's so versatile and yeah. Just uh, you him. know, I, I'm so glad that people underestimated Braden Smith coming out of high school as well. I am so glad about that. Crazy, how much? Um,
3: it's just, criminal how good lawyer is. <laughs> okay,
1: all
0: right. That was, <laughs> yeah, that was cheesy. handy's But uh, I think but, I think one thing one thing to bring up uh, kind kind of the bad the the one bad thing that I saw um, you know from from the team this weekend and uh, that was transition defense. Um, it was a problem last year, uh, you know, but we we had the offense to kind of uh, make up for it, uh, and it's not that we don't this year. I just I'd like to see our transition defense uh, improve a little bit. I think we're in the 12th percentile uh, in transition defense right now, hmm. um, but our half court defense is great. Um, so we just have to uh, make our shots, uh, box out, get those offensive rebounds, and really just try to limit those transition opportunities. But um, I feel like West Virginia really did a good job of exposing that, but that is what they try to do as well. Um but um yeah that's the one one kind of area of improvement I still see. Uh I'm gonna answer this uh gonna answer this like oh. a, gonna answer this like painter. And uh yeah, I just got a score update. Marquette is up thirty three on Baylor, so uh Jeez. great great for our uh, our schedule and our resume. checkmark. mark. Jeez Louise. That
2: also man. Michigan is up eleven at halftime on Virginia.
0: Crazy. I think uh, I think uh, we can touch on uh, our opponent that we're playing tomorrow, the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Uh, a rival, probably. Yeah, yeah. They're becoming a rival at this point. Yeah, who are we um, playing?
3: I, who are we playing in the Big Ten ACC Challenge? I, you know, it's so hard. Florida to State for the first time oh, ever. Yeah. Okay, right. and and
0: actually, Elliot Bloom even made a joke. It was like, I'm sure you all are sick of us playing Florida State at this point. Yeah, <laughs> oh, which I thought was funny, but um, yeah, no surprise. Another team that presses. Um, so it's a good thing. We spent a lot of time working on the press in the off season, uh, the pressing on one out of three plays, um, phenomenal that, improvement on that. What's that? And, and our ability to, uh, to handle the press.
1: Yeah. Ap- phenomenal improvement. I was really zoned in on that during the Duke game, especially and just, it was incredible you could just see too, as soon as the ball moved, like as soon as they would pass it once, like the guy, uh, the, you know, whoever didn't have the ball, they knew immediately where to go. They knew immediately where to be. They recognized the press and they just knew how to like break it down like that.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: yeah, I, I know painter talked last year, especially after the, the Iowa game, which, uh,
0: I think everyone here was at the Iowa game. Maybe. No, yep. no, not Russ, mm-hmm. but, uh, uh he, uh, uh, you know, just said we weren't cause they, Iowa almost came back and beat us and took our, our number one ranking Joe, Joe Toussaint played on that team. and. You know, Painter said after the game, it's like we weren't flashing to the ball. Like, I don't know what we were doing, yeah. and uh, we're not seeing that this year. Um, but uh, a little bit on Florida State, you know that they, they you, you know what you're going to get when you play Florida State. You're going to get a team that wants to deny everything. Um, last year, we did a really good job of using that against them, using a lot of misdirection and using Edie uh, Ed uh, ducking in at the same time. We were using some misdirection, so that was really cool to see. Hopefully, we see some more of that. Um, that being said, Leonard Hamilton is a great coach, uh, and so it's definitely going to be a uh, a harder game than I think uh, what, what Purdue fans are thinking. But when you look at Florida State this season, they had some bad losses. They lost their first game to Stetson, uh, a not-so-embarrassing loss to UCF. They lost to Troy. Uh, they lost to Florida. They did beat Mercer, um, and they lost to Siena. Coached by Greg
1: Gary, by the way.
0: Yeah, they lost to uh, Siena, Stanford, Ver- and uh, Nebraska as well. So um, hasn't been a great start to the season. Uh, When you look at their four factors, uh, they haven't shot the ball well. They turn the ball over quite a bit, and they can't rebound very well. So um, that doesn't make for a good team uh, right there. So they're uh, 271st in Ken Palm in effective field goal percentage. They're 245th in turnover (laughs) percentage. They're turning the ball over one out of five times, 20.4%. And they're 242nd in Ken Palm in offensive rebounding percentage. Uh, The one thing they do well is they get to the line a lot. Yeah, they yeah. get to the line quite a bit. So, um, you know, when we look at individual players, uh, Caleb Mills is kind of the guy leading the charge there. Um, they don't have a single player who's uh, averaging over one point per possession, uh, with the exception of uh, Cameron Corin, who doesn't play a whole lot. Um, as far as size goes, they're actually a bigger team than us when we look at average height. Um Naheem McLeod is seven foot four. Uh, doesn't play a whole lot of minutes, but I'll be interested to see, uh, you know, how if he gets the, the call on Zach Eadie or not. Um, he's only guarded three post ups this season, and he's averaging one point five possessions or points per possession on post up. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, I think this team gives us a little bit of trouble, but I think we um, we win comfortably by twelve.
1: I think that uh, this has the recipe for a trap game. Uh, It does for sure. Um, I, but I think this also is a great opportunity to show for this team to show all of us and themselves. How do you handle success? Your team, you came into the season. You weren't, you know, Purdue. Yeah. Purdue's going to be good this year. They're not going to be great, but they're going to be good. Um, And now you've been playing great. So can you continue to play great? Can you continue to do that against teams that you now should beat? Um,
2: I believe Purdue was picked
1: ninth in the preseason and wow. the big 10 poll in the big 10. Okay. Yeah. I was like ninth over. I was like, okay. even,
3: even our group were, we were thinking maybe top four, you know, we thought yeah. we were, we thought we were confident with top <clears throat> four, top five. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Which this is going to be one of those seasons. I was talking to my coworker about this, who is a, uh, a fan of, uh, well, a school that shall remain nameless. Uh, but, uh, we, we, we were talking today and, um, uh, you know, we were saying this is going to be one of those seasons where, um, the winner of the big 10 likely loses five or six games. I mean, it's, it's going to, it's going to be a, yeah. Brutal.
2: well, we've got nine or 10 teams that are, are battlers in the big 10.
0: Yeah. Oh, agreed. Yeah. I mean, and I think preseason IU was the quote, clear favorite. Now uh, who, who, who's the clear favorite? I mean, it, there is no, there is no clear huh. favorite in my opinion. Um, you know, we, we've got us, we've got Indiana, we've got Michigan, Michigan state, Illinois, uh, Illinois. kind of that. Illinois, uh, kind of that the, 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 the top tier. Uh, Wisconsin's looked good. Um, I looked, Iowa's looked really good. They dropped a game. Maybe they shouldn't. Penn State. I'm gonna say good. Wisconsin Rutgers. should be
2: in the jail for type of basketball
0: play they do. That's I just true, saw yeah. they were like
2: in the second half, and it was like 41 34 or something. It was stupid. I part. don't know
0: why the ending of that Kansas game. Like why? Why did they? Why didn't they – like, why did they score so uh, fast and give Kansas the ball back? Like, I don't I don't
2: know. Don't
3: ask questions that. you don't want answers to. Frank, yeah. Frank. I thought you were going to go a different direction when you said um, this is going to be one of those seasons because, you know, if you think about the Elite Eight year, it was the year before that that we were supposed to be great, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that it was because Biggie was there, and that was supposed to be the year that we were supposed to be really good. Last year, we were supposed to be a Final Four team, and then we lose Ivy. We lose a lot of production. And now it looks like this year might even be a more cohesive group. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, I mean and, and and the team is similar, uh, you know, in in, in that we have a lot of youth, because that team had a lot of youth. It was Trevion, um, Eric Hunter Jr., uh, like all those guys. Um, Sasha, it was all their I mean, freshmen. They're year. all seniors though. Wait, are yeah. you talking about last year or the elite, elite eight? eight? Elite okay. the, yeah. Elite Eight team.
1: Okay. Um
0: and, and 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 again, it was similar. Mm-hmm. We had lost we had lost the the the, the four. We'd lost Vince Edwards, Dakota, <laughs> um, Isaac and PJ, right? The year, the PJ, year before. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, how how do you replace those guys? Well, you can't, you know, but Painter built a new team and took us to the Elite Eight. And we were a crazy, you know, mm. freak of nature shot from going to the Final Four that I'll never forget because I was at that game.
1: Yeah. yeah. But, uh,
3: yeah. <sighs> but, um, yeah. Um, so, while we have a little pause here, I, I pulled up some stuff for a couple weeks ago again, too. And we were talking about... And it's so funny how this weekend just changes everybody's minds, right? Because a week or two ago, we're talking about the pain of being a Purdue fan, how every time we think it's going to go right, it goes wrong. You know, we thought we were in the, in the race for the Big Ten West, and then we dropped two in a row. And then it turns out, well, we went three and one and three and one in the last two, four game stretches. You know, and we're mm-hmm. eight and four with the chance to have another nine win season under Braum. And before Braum came in, our last nine win year was in 2003. And we've only had, I think, three. Yeah. Three nine win seasons in 36 years. Yeah. Wow. So, so what, what are you upset about? Like, I don't understand like, you know, it's the first back to
2: back eight win season in 15 years.
3: Yeah. And in (laughs) basketball, we have had two coaches for the last 42 years and been successful. It's not just, we don't want to change coaches. The last 17 years under Katie, our average big 10 finish was 4.6. And we only had, or we had nine out of 17 years. We were outside of the top four. With Painter in 17 years, we've averaged a 4.3 average finish. With more teams, right? We've added teams in the Big Ten since Painter came in, and our finish is better. And we've only had five times out of the top four in the Big Ten. So,
0: I mean, and that, that's what makes that even more impressive is we had two years under Painter where we finished bottom of the Big Ten too. Yeah, mm. yeah. So take that, yeah. take those two away. I mean, that's oh, yeah. that, that's impressive.
3: Yep.
1: Yeah. So um, lots of things to be you know really excited about again like a lot of people have said and we've all said this is probably one of the best weekends of Purdue athletics in a very 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 long time I know in all of our lifetimes um and you know we hope that that continues um football we've got a big game coming up against Michigan um honestly I'm okay with however that game goes I I really am I'm just excited to be there um it's just awesome to be there and you know get to talk about that with my grandpa this week. He's I mean he's pumped. Uh you know, this is something he's really looking forward to. You know, he's 82 years old. Um and just something that he is, you know, really, really excited about. Um uh and you know then we've got uh, a surprisingly you know we thought we were gonna have a pretty good basketball team and right now I know it's I know it's only the end of November. So we don't want to get too high. You don't want to get too low. But we potentially have a really great basketball team on our hands they just shot up from 19th or 24th to 5th shot up 19 spots in the ap poll um this week and so it's going to be really interesting to see how we handle that success what's our response to that um we play florida state on wednesday we have minnesota on sunday um and so hopefully uh we come away two and oh after uh after uh, the week is over with um but does anybody else have any final thoughts before I sign us off here? Uh
3: um, nope. not not to take a, a victory lap, but to take a victory lap. Uh we need to do some more quick react pods because I told you top 5. I told y'all we were going to shoot up. I told you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that, I like that you idea. did. I I was really like, you know, if uh if we beat Duke, uh, maybe like 10, 11, 12. If we don't, probably like 15. Um, but also the AP poll, I feel like this year, and maybe that's not true, maybe I'm just a feeling rather than like lot, like truly speaking, but it feels like this year people just like like the AP skyrocket. Yeah, they're just like bouncing back and forth like a ping-pong match. Um, you know, with winning and losing and losing and winning and where they're at in the poll. And um, and and we're only six, seven games in. So <laughs> let's strap in for the for the next twenty, twenty-five. Um but yeah, uh, appreciate everybody. If you're still here, if you're still watching, listening, um, appreciate you. I know this was a long haul. This is a two hour special podcast, but we had a lot of really great stuff to talk about. Um, just an absolutely phenomenal weekend. We did a, a fun draft as well, which are, they're always fun to do. Um, and we, uh, again, we appreciate you guys so much. It's, it's so much fun doing this. We, we love doing it. Um, and, and we hope that you continue to listen and hopefully we, uh, can all hang out next Tuesday and talk about uh uh you know where we can buy championship rings uh yes. and also um you know talk about our team being uh, I believe they're six zero right now so eight no on the year yeah. um, as we go into big ten play so I uh, appreciate everybody listening thank you for watching and we're all signing off here uh, uh, we down one last thing uh oh never mind we,
0: for, for anyone who doesn't know uh we are now on Spotify uh check us yes. out on Spotify uh dame if you want to want to run the discord out real quick too
1: yeah uh to check us out on uh side. discord we are uh, the boiler express server on discord as well um we've posted the link a few times on our twitter if you want to join that we have a couple of sections on there where you can shoot out questions you can shoot us your thoughts on football basketball really whatever you want to tell us what you're eating for lunch tomorrow uh we would love to know um, i would actually just prefer
0: to, that too if you just to, just to interact
1: with you guys and and really um build that connection uh with anybody that listens uh, we, uh again we really enjoy this um so we're on spotify uh as boiler express uh we're on youtube is the boiler express podcast we are on twitter as the boiler express podcast or boiler underscore express um check us out all over the place and uh hopefully you like it and if not hopefully you have a a good time bagging on us and 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 making fun of us either way we appreciate you being here so uh boiler up hammer down let's go 3-0 this week yes sir boiler up